guy was like, oh, you want to smoke some weed? And I smoked his weed. Like, how stupid can you be? God only knows what was in, you know. Could well, that, that's fine. That. I mean, you're at a party, right? You were at a party, too. No, yeah. this, but no, I didn't have crack accessible. I wouldn't smoke crack. I can't stop this feeling deep inside of me. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Vandal Tron Curious World Podcast. It's the podcast about truthful conversation and the exploration of being mindful. Sometimes uh, it's someone I just met for the first time, and sometimes I'm talking to someone that I've known for quite a while. Today's guest, I've actually known for, for quite a while. I've known her for, for many years. Uh, we met working at a museum coat check in New York City. Um, Stephanie left New York, and uh, she's gained some new perspective on, on her life. And it's certainly something that I consider, that I think about a lot, uh, how it relates to, to my own. This is a particularly special episode for me. Uh, it helped remind me to take a step back and to just be aware of what is happiness for, for me. Um, I'm sure you'll gain some perspective and some insight by the end of this too. Um, I really appreciate for Stephanie for, for just opening up and being honest and um, you know and, and, and you know making me laugh too. I mean she's a she's an amazing person. And uh, just stay tuned and you'll find out why. Without further delay, Stephanie Eldridge. I, I don't know her what, that well. I just know her um, through acting. And she, we had there was some downtime, and uh, she says to everybody, she goes, "Hey, does anybody know a therapist?" And I think people were kind of just searching their their uh, their mental rolodex, which is kind of odd because I mean, an actor in New York pretty much does have access to a therapist. Anyway, most people are like, "Oh no, I don't know, I don't know," and then she was like. No, well, it's not for me though. It's for it's for a friend, and you know, I I I didn't care. And then she, so a minute later, she actually she came up to me and said, "No, it really is for a friend." And you know, I just kind of shrugged and said, "Like, yeah, it's you know, whatever, it's cool." And that would have normally that would have been the end of it. Like, I would have been like, "That's cool, you know, whatever." But then I figured I don't, I just I don't know what compelled me to do this, but I was like, you know what, even. Even if it's for you, it's okay. You know, I mean, it's yeah. fine. And, um, you know, the fact so that I, if, if it is for you and you're making the inquiry, well, number one, you're identifying that you have a problem, which most people don't. And then you're trying to find a re- resolution, which yeah, that's admirable. Um, and then she did later on say it was for her. And then I want to be like, I knew it. I knew it, you fucking bitch. <laughs> it's always that for a friend. No, but I know for me, New York, well, being there, I felt so comfortable asking people because everyone I knew went to a therapist. Maybe I have friends. I don't know. <laughs> but like, I had, I, I just, you know, 
they would drop it casually in a conversation. They'd be like, oh, yeah, I took my lunch to my therapist. So, you know, that's why I'm a little red-eyed and all that kind of stuff. And so it's interesting that someone was ashamed, or not ashamed, but just hesitant to say it was uh, for them. I know the problem I had uh, was actually finding one and getting in and having my insurance cover it. So I feel like... What do you mean getting in? Like a lot of times therapists, uh, they have, they don't have, um, openings for new clients. Like they only take in a set amount right? that they can. And so like all, I would look up through my network, uh, my insurance network and I would call and it'd be like, no, we don't have any openings. And so I never got to see one. That's a horrible story. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's American healthcare system. But, um, uh, yeah, I, I, my, my, same here. I mean, I have a lot of friends that, um, you know, that, well, I guess more acquaintances, I get, you know, that, uh, that do that, yeah, they go to therapy regularly and they, you know, they, I will say for me, it was kind of a, a shock because I didn't, I grew up in, you know, in, uh, this kind of household where you, uh, take care of your problems and you don't, yeah. you don't even talk about them. You know, it's, yeah. I remember as a kid, actually, I, <laughs> I uh, I was watching Growing Pains and the dad uh, uh, Alan Thick was it? Alan Thick yeah Mike was it Mike no he's Mike right no, Mike, Mike Seaver you know uh, the Jesus guy now uh, Kurt Ka- yeah Kurt, Kurt Cameron's Cameron. a Jesus guy was he Mike yeah I think he was Mike Seaver what was it what was Alan Thick then Doctor Seaver yeah well I, I obviously <laughs> no. I remember I remember Maggie. But he was a therapist, and you know he had his uh, he had his office right next door. And I thought like, well, I thought he was a I thought he was a like a, a legitimately good father back then. Um, but I thought that I want like that's something that I wanted. And I remember going to my parents, and I was like, you know what? I think I, I was like, can I have a therapist? And they're like, no, that's, that's stupid. And I'm like, okay, I'm sorry. I was like so ashamed. But uh, so. So fast forward to, uh, you know, come, moving to New York and, and meeting all kinds of people from all different walks of life and here for different pursuits. And yeah, like you said, people are being kind of like really open about, uh, about therapy, which I, you know, it's great. It was just very, um, very new, very new to yeah, me. Yeah. Um, so in my hometown now, they don't have a lot of mental health facilities but now they've definitely made that a focus and I think that's really great because I know when I uh, I started having issues in high school just social anxiety and not being able to leave the house and stuff like that and so the first thing I was done was just shoved into like a do- just a regular doctor and then a prescription to pills and there was no other step to you know talk about the issues and and unfortunately, that's how it's always been for me. And I, because when I did try to find a therapist, I couldn't get in, you know, like I was saying. And so I'm hoping that having, you know, from a small town that they have these resources now, I'm hoping it's much more open for people and there is no stigma for it. Cause I think it's very true. Like our parents have this stigma about it, that it was you fix your own problems. Just get up and go and do it and be kind of part of the machine and whatever. Um, I think it's hard for them to see their kids one um, not suffering but having problems that they can't fix for one, and that 
then they think maybe they did something wrong, you know? Right. If that so, makes any sense. Yeah, but what, what, I'm curious now, like, what, like, what do you think that comes from? Like, when you, I guess, I, I mean, again, I understand through, you know, when I, I take my brain and I time travel back to growing up, you know, and I hear, you know, I hear therapy and I'm like, oh, you know, it's that. But, you know, obviously I'm, I'm, I'm an adult now and have my own brain. But where, where do you think that comes from? Is it just like, oh, you're going to a therapist, you must be fucking insane. And then that's it. Yeah. Your, your life is in ruin. <laughs> well, I think it had, you know, I was watching Mad Men and they even said the head shrink, like as if it's something so crazy, like a head, like you're getting your head shrinked or something like, you know, where it just doesn't, it's something that just has, that meaning has nothing to me, but it did to the generations before. And so of course it's going to have this stigma. And then there's also stuff like mental institutions where they were doing really barbaric stuff to people. And so I, I think that is also where therapy is like, oh, that's where they like shock, electroshock therapy or something like that. You know, like I think a lot of people still have that that view of it, unfortunately. And I think it's the older generation. And I think now being younger and more open that we're lucky that we're living with people where I can go and like, we know that a shrink is just not sitting on a couch and crying, you know, like there's that whole thing where, you know, that like lying on the couch and having issues. But, uh, um, I know I also thought a shrink was a great thing. Do you remember, uh, that cartoon, um, doc, it was Dr. Katz. Oh yeah. He yeah. Was a shrink. Yeah. He was hilarious. Yes. I always love that show. And so I was like, Oh, well, I mean, a shrink's not that bad. Like this is pretty funny. Yeah, I, yeah, me too. I thought, like, I thought it'd be like, I thought it'd be hilarious, but I, don't know, I, I guess you know, it, for me, it it always you know harkens back to, um, and and I guess I I still carry this on you know with me as a as an adult currently is, you know, if you have a problem, you you just you have to fix it. You have to fix it immediately. You know, if you're sad or if you're depressed or if you feel lonely, those you know we're not supposed to feel those things. So you better exactly. remedy that, and you better do it on your own. And, and you know, I, I know that sounds old school, and you know, and I don't want to, uh, you know, drag another generation through the mud or anything like that. And I, because I, there's a part of me that I, I can see that, and I, I do try. I think most people do try to 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 do it on their own. But at the same token, I, I feel like, you know, as a society, we just don't want to. We just don't. We're afraid to be weak. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's very, very true. And then it's also the, you know, um, I have a friend where her mom is a psycho is a psychologist, and um, it's kind of on that other end where everything was about emotions and how are you feeling with this, and oh, and this and this, and it kind of was that turn side where it was like my friend felt like, okay, I should have it together, you know, like because I have this outlet and this person who does this for a living, but then it has that mom thing attached to it so I think it's interesting just the whole culture is a minefield of issues anyways and her wait her her mom was her therapist no but just having that where you think you can go to her and get some type of advice because you kind of always listen to your mom don't you (laughs) I mean I always did like even though I didn't want to (laughs) I was like damn it she was right about this but um, but it's also, it's, uh, she was actually the one I would talk to and be like, who's your therapist? Where do you go? And she was very open with it. And I, I hope that, um, that there's 
there can be a future balance in that because I do understand that because I struggled with that for a very long time because I would get panic attacks like even in elementary school and so it was like why am I doing this you know I had the nickname crying stuff and it was something where my body took over my brain you know like I couldn't stop it and I think and it was like fix yourself fix yourself you shouldn't do this like try to control your emotions or your anxiety and it was just like to a point where I just became I just burrowed in the house like I just never left and Luckily, I think there is a part of it where it's, my mom was very much, I'm going to fix this. You know, it was that, but it was also uh, she knew that I shouldn't be living a life where I'm so secluded, but that I'm doing it to myself. And so she kind of pushed me into the doctor and kind of getting myself together, I guess, not together, but just so I could go throughout the day without crying or like not even getting leaving my room and stuff like that so I, I I feel like a parent hopefully is understandable to that and will love their kids so much that even if they do like think oh they just need to fix themselves can also be open to helping their child I don't know sorry I went on a huge tangent no no that's that's the show's all about tangents so what, what were you think what what did you think was happening to you at you know back then too sensitive was the thing or I was um it was something that was wrong with me and and it was but it was also I'm sure there were situations where it was fine to cry but then I would make situations where it would make other people really uncomfortable and and that was hard too for me because then I would even stress out more that I'm making this person feel uncomfortable and and so it was a pretty rough childhood just but what, what do you like I mean, I was pretty sensitive too. But what do you what do you mean by like what do you mean by that? I mean, is that is that something you're diagnosing now, looking back, or like how like what do you mean that you were sensitive? I mean, super I've, sensitive? I've been diagnosed with social anxiety, but looking back now, I I mean, everyone called me you know cry cry you know cry baby sensitive all that kind of stuff, and it was and I remember one I am diagnosing back I guess diagnosing my history, but the, I remember there was one time in class where I did the even numbers on the math homework instead of the odd, I think. And I just fucking lost it. Like, I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe that I, like, <laughs> did And I like, was, like, crying. And the teacher was like, oh, my God, chill out. It's okay. And for me, it just is something that goes over and over and over and over and over in your head that you're not doing what you're supposed to do. And I think that's also being a child, too, thinking, oh, this superior person, you know, this dominant figure in my life told me to do certain thing and I didn't do it and at the time for me I, I was all about people pleasing and so I just was like oh I totally screwed up like this person is going to be pissed at me and then I would just cry <laughs> like get freaked out <laughs> yeah I mean most I mean most kids are right I mean most I think most rational people are pleasing you know we we seek we seek approval I mean right, you, you you have the occasional person like oh, I don't give a shit but I, I feel like that's yeah. just covering certain level that's very different in that like of course people want to people please but it was where the people pleasing was my job and it had nothing to do with myself and that's no way to go through life worrying how you're going to um kind of take on other people's emotions and take on uh your own faults on top of like just regular I don't know it, it was very very hard and even just going out like 
I couldn't even at one point call my best friend, like, because I would start crying on the phone because I was just so nervous of getting rejected or, like, someone saying, like, oh, no, I'm too busy to do that and being like, oh, God, I bothered them for the five minutes to ask them. And and so I think there is a different level because that is, I look at that now and I'm like, that is so ridiculous. Like, of course my friend wants me to call and, like, that's totally fine. That's normal. But I think there is a different level where it's just, it deters you from living your life. Yeah, but I think, I mean, has that informed you as an adult? Uh, hugely, yeah. Because I know if I hadn't gotten help, there's I would have never been in New York. I wouldn't even gotten to college. I was having such a hard time leaving this town because all I could think about was, oh, my God, what if I don't do that? Like, I need, it, what if I don't do this or this or this or this? And I just, you start um, snowballing all your life things that other people are doing. And like, oh, well, they did this, then they got married, then they had a kid, and then they did this. And then that's how, that's what I'm supposed to do, but I'm so nervous, I don't know what I'm going to do, da 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 And so I just completely wrapped myself in all this anxiety that I couldn't do anything. And so I wasn't accomplishing anything. And that's just awful. Like, my mom saw that and was like, you can't just stay here. And then I did the completely opposite as I <laughs> went across the country. <laughs> I'll show you, Mom. Yeah, she was like, damn it, I shouldn't have, you know, gave you all, you know, but, I mean, I was, I, I had a hard time going away to college two hours away. Like, that's how, how in, in, intense it was at a certain point, and I think you can't discredit that at all, and you can't be like, oh, well, she's just, you know, a homebody, or kind of that thing, and, and it is an issue. You can't let someone kind of waste away in their own anxiety, and, like, people-pleasing, because a lot of it is that, thinking, I have to live up to a certain standard that, you know, this town that I live in is what everyone's doing. And then I realized as I got older, I was like, well, fuck that. I'm going to do what I wanted to do. <laughs> and so, you know, you just kind of, it's also becoming an adult too, of course. That yeah. Of I think, I think life experiences, especially as an adult, um, really, you know, when you can, when you can, uh, when you can self-diagnose and say, look, this is, you know, this is what I was going through, and I see, I see, you know, I see the pitfalls, and I see how that that shaped me. Um, mm -hmm. You know, the things about you are saying. I mean, I kind of had I have similar uh, experiences too growing up. You know, I I had a lot of anxiety, and I remember, I remember uh, there was a bunch of kids who were uh, um, catching bumblebees and um, removing the stinger or removing their. Oh. Yeah, or removing their wings and like, haha. And I, I was, I was, um, I couldn't do it because I was afraid that they would get revenge on me. Like at night, like a bunch of bees would just come through my window, crash, and just like kill me. And I was like, well, I can't. I they're gonna find because I actually thought like they're gonna find you guys and they're gonna kill you. They're gonna sting you to death. So that you know that kind of just that that type of thinking kind of haunted me and and and. And paralyzed me, you know, growing up. Yeah. Um, and and even though you know at the time, I know when I would do that time, same type of thing, I'd be like, oh, this is, why am I thinking like this is so ridiculous? But then you still get stuck in your own thinking. There's, it's really hard to get out of it because you kind of rationalize it to yourself. But I think, I think, uh, I, I, I mean, I, I'm curious to know your perspective, for, but for me, it really, it, it truly has made me uh, a more, sensitive person, a more sensitive adult, 
and, and I'm more aware of, I can kind of see when, how people, if people have gone through a similar situation, because the way they mask it, you know, uh, um, you know, a lot of people will kind of come out, you know, you know, puff out their, ch- primarily New York, uh, will kind of, you know, puff out their chests and, and, you know, and just kind of like, whether it's bragging or just kind of lead, you know, lead with like a false emotion, you know, whether it's yeah. like, oh, look at me, uh, you know, I did this or, or anger, you know, of like, yeah. oh my God, you know, I'm so tough, fuck you. But what I've learned is that regardless if it's one or the other, if it's like, you know, fuck you or, you know, I'm, I'm so awesome. It's just, you know, I'm scared. You know, and you're just kind of walking down the street and just like, I'm scared, I'm scared, I'm scared. And yeah. for me, I did that as a kid. I did like, I'm scared, I'm scared, I'm scared. So now as an adult, I feel like I am more aware of that and more in tune with my fear. And I can appreciate other people who are afraid. I guess that what, that yeah. kind of inclined me to kind of open up to that girl a little bit and and sniff her out. sure it helped her a lot just to know because she was obviously coming from a point where it's just me it's you know like oh I need this and that makes me different and da 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 but it's like no there's a lot of people that are kind of going through the same thing not to make your issue less important but like there there are other there are people that can help you and maybe they're not going through the same thing but they want to help you still and and you don't have to mask it as someone else but see that but that's the thing though I think even still in our society you know, a lot of us don't want to be that person. You know, we don't want to be, we don't want to be the person who needs help. We want to be, we want to be the super cool, awesome person who has their shit together. I've uh, completely shed that completely with everyone (laughs) I know. I'm sorry, but moving to New York, I was like, you know, you think about it and, and uh, these people have these you know, what looks like glamorous jobs and, and they look great and they do all this stuff and they supposedly have their shit together. And it's like, no one has their shit together. And if you do, there's something wrong with you because no one should ever have their shit together. Life should always have challenges for you and you shouldn't go through it easy breezy. I really think to become a, a, a good, per- to become a full good person it's great to have those experiences where they take you down a notch or that you have to like fight through it and or you go through certain things and you can't I just feel like life should never be in a perfect little nutshell like it shouldn't be perfect and it and it should have its challenges and I saw that because I started you know I started working in uh at New York Magazine in the fashion section right and I made uh like one of my best friends there and he works in you know he goes and he um interviews supermodels and like now he's writing for vogue and and it's like that is this life where people think they need to attain and live at this stature you know what i mean like feel like they are have their life together but they don't like he has issues too he lives in like a seven-story walk up like you know he's still figuring out his life like He's trying to figure out, oh, am I drinking too much? Am I doing too much weed? Like, oh, I don't have a boyfriend. Like, you know, he's still figuring that stuff out. And so I kind of feel like uh, that type of comparing yourself to anyone else is just going to be the death of you. Like, just don't do it. It's not worth it. It's not. Because it's just going to – 
make you feel like you're never that you've never really achieved anything. Yeah, and I think that's, but that's I mean that's innate in us, right? I think we always kind of I mean we were we're just kind of we're almost designed that way to compare of oh well he you know he did it I can do it or or on the flip side like you know my life is shit but but she's got it worse I don't feel so bad you know we always we always use people for measuring sticks for better or worse and and you're and I completely agree if that that's just you're doomed you're always going to be doomed whether it makes you feel good that to to say like oh this person you know you know I'm broke but this person is in debt you know that that kind of comparison's always going to make it's it's cyclical and it's always going to go back to 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 misery yeah but did you yeah, did you find that that happened a lot it, that that that's that's reoccurring in New York cuz for my experience being here I mean that's I see it all the time. I still see it. It's, it's, it's you know, colleagues, people I, I, I meet, people, even friends, of just, of just, you know, wanting to put on, you know, that, that you know, that air of, um, yeah. you know, I, hey, you know, I haven't seen you in a while. What's going on with you? Oh, I did this. Yeah. I did this. I, this is going yeah. on. I'm like, well, what about you? Like, what's going on? Yeah, I, I feel like that was one of the reasons why I was having a hard time in New York at the end because it was always the first question, you know, oh, what do you do? Oh, you know, and it wasn't like a what do you do? I'm generally interested. It's like a what do you do? How are you like how how I don't it just felt like if they weren't your friend, it felt like if I knew new people, it was like they were kind of judging on what you did. I right, know, like, like they're putting you in like it a could category. Make sense so sensitive. They're putting you in a category, right? Like, what? like you're putting you in a category. Like, yeah, oh, uh, yeah. I live in, I live in. Oh, you live in Brooklyn. Bing. Okay, this category over here. Yeah, yeah. It's funny because I remember when I was going out a lot. Like, I would um, see. I, I, I was very much like, oh, I want to hang out with these people because they seem really like, cool. And I'm like, oh, they seem really cool. And I would go, and, and sometimes these people, like, I would meet them one night, they would ask me my name, what I did, and we would talk, and then maybe a couple of weeks later, they would be like, oh, it's nice to meet you, what's your name? And <laughs> I'm like, yeah, okay, do I just remember faces better than these people? No, it's because some people are just total assholes, and, and so I literally would be like, no, we've met before, and we've talked about this, 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 because I would just get so annoyed, because no one's, it doesn't feel like anyone's very, not, no, I have made some very great friends there, but it's, there are people that are just kind of not really interested, they're more about, like, how can I make myself feel better with what I do and, and kind of, yeah, compare and stuff like that. So that, that that's what was kind of hard about it. But that's New York too. Like it's, it's a state, it's a city where it's show off. Like you're showing off, like you're in New York city and you're living there and you're making it. And, and people think that's a huge deal. Like they really do. And so I understand that bravado, but it is, but, a, a another point, it's like, chill out, <laughs> like, get to know someone, it's okay, like, if, I don't know, that just, uh, I don't know where I'm going with this, sorry. No, I, 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 like, I agree, I mean, I see it in, like, well, where I am now in my life, I, I, I can't even, I can't even tolerate it, you know, it's just like, yeah. okay, you're, you're not interesting to me, you know, if you, that's how you lead, and like, oh, you know, I'm yeah. doing this, I do, I, I'm, you know, you're, I, I'm not curious about you, you're not curious about me, you, you, uh, 
you want to wear a mask and I don't really, I'm not going to invest time in you. Yeah. You're not going to, you know, I don't want to play, I don't want to dance that dance, you know. Um, I, I think that's the best thing um, to learn as an adult is that you don't have to be everybody's friend. I, I learned that. Like, I used to be very people, like I said, people pleasing and also just like, oh, I, I have to make conversation with this person and like, we're sitting here and it's, it's silent, but I have to make them feel comfortable and like, even though it makes me uncomfortable or that kind of stuff. And then I realized, mm, no, I don't need to be friends with this person. Maybe they suck and they're not <laughs> my friend or they're just not the person for me. And no, I do not need to make very awkward conversation to make them feel better that we're sitting here in silence. And I think that's one thing that was great about New York was like, uh, the friend you make there, if, if, it's definitely you know what uh, your going out friends are, sort of, you know what I mean? And then you know who you're, I will, we don't have family here, we're going to spend Thanksgiving together, friend. You have different friends there, and you do have to kind of realize, okay, this person is is in a different category than another person, if that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah, because, I, yeah, I mean, you, you just meet such a variety of people here, too, and... You know what's odd well, it's is... it's not just a variety. Oh, sorry. It's not just a variety. It's just knowing that you don't... Not that you don't care about that person, but that um, you don't have to be great friends with them. You know what I mean? And right. you still enjoy it. Right. Okay. Right. And... and I'm sure I didn't sound like a total bitch where I'm just like, <laughs> oh, yeah, well, you're going to use well, them well, to go hang out and whatever. But. Yeah. So, so I guess what people can can pull away from this is that they need a they need to apply to be your friend, right? Because you're so cool. <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> no, I, I don't have any friends here, so it'd be nice. I'm like trying to maybe I'm too too picky now that I've been in New York. I don't know. Do, do you want to share where here is? You don't have to give your street address. Just oh yeah, Google Earth it. No, uh, I am in Washington State on the not Seattle on the east side in a in a town called uh West Richland it's very small it's where I grew up and um I left New York and I thought oh I'll come home for a while and then go straight to Seattle um and uh that did not happen which I realized that it's I like living in a small town now what's That's what's okay. the town what's the town in uh, West Richland. What's West Richland known for? Uh, uh, <laughs> well, there's a wine. There's a bunch of wineries now, but that's not actually in West Richland. Um, it's well, it's the Tri Cities. So the Tri Cities was uh, was a town made for the nuclear bomb because there's a bunch of reactors out here that made the it's uh, for Hiroshima and so um like our high school is called the Richland Bombers and it's their emblem is the atomic bomb mushroom that's flag. that's that's lovely uh yeah so uh, growing up I you know that was just it and then you learn about it and you're like oh my god that's so fucked up like totally fucked up but uh the old people here won't change it they just won't because they made it and so they won't change it but it's like you that killed millions. Uh, it's just like, a, it makes me really uncomfortable. But yeah, so that's why the Tri-Cities is here. And then after that, now it's just like the cleanup from the nuclear uh, facilities and it's become like a science uh, research area. So there's a lot of scientists here. 
and that's Tri-Cities. <laughs> so you have scientists and people who advocate atomic bombs. Yes. Pro, yeah, pro, pro, like, pro nuclear. Like super smart, super smart people. And then it's kind of like, uh, you know, uh, country bumpkins. And then, so it's, I don't want to like label anyone, of course, but it's definitely a very funny city to live in because. What, what's the, what's the hang, what's the hot hangout? Oh God. Uh, let's see. It, it depends on where you live. Really, it does because for rich for Richland people, it's the uptown area, which is actually a really cool area. It was built in the nineteen thirties when when people first came over, and um, when they did the uh, when they started working on on the nuclear at the facility, it was top secret. You couldn't talk about it. They had barracks. They had like it was super sketch out there. Like you don't really know what was if if you talked about it, you would be fired. Like fired and real serious, you know, issues. But uh, the uptown is cool because it's like an old school little area of original buildings and stuff that were the first things built here. So that's kind of cool. But then if you live in Kennewick, which is literally 15 minutes away from Richland, you go to the old, old town Kennewick, which has clubs. Stephanie's doing air clubs. quotes. Just so everybody yes. knows. Yes, and uh, they actually tried to do... Do you remember in New York where they had that club bed where they just had a bunch of mattresses? No, no. Oh, my God. I actually... So I only know that because for Us Weekly, I was sent there, and I interviewed Jenny McCarthy on a bed. Wow. <laughs> Anyways, so they tried to whoa, do that. Whoa, we'll have to get... Or bookmark that. Okay, well... <laughs> but they tried to do that here with, like, a, a like some run-down, you know, like, warehouse type thing where there's just, like, a bunch of beds everywhere. <laughs> oh, God, no. Well, the, the, spring, the mattress springs are, like, popping out. Yeah, yeah, I was like, oh, bed beds. Like, just, like, God only knows what people did on those beds. But uh, it's, you know, when you're younger, when you grow up in your town, you just want to get out of it. But now that I'm back here, it's very interesting. It's do you, do you it's run into do you run into people you grew up with? Yes, sort of. You know, a lot of my friends have moved. Uh, a lot of times, there's a certain group of people that, after graduating college, they migrate to uh, Seattle. Like that's what kind of almost everyone does. And then there's the people who stay. Here. And. Um, so I've, I've had some, I, I have one friend here that I know from high school, and that's it. But I do run into people, like today I got my hair cut, and the girl cutting my hair was from this small town named Lind, with about, her class was like 10 people, that's how small it is. She actually knew my best friend from growing up in elementary school, because she was best friends with her in high school. So it's, it's all these things where it's like, you look at someone, and it's like, I probably should know that person. But I don't, and I can't place them, or, like, everyone's kind of connected. And so it's it's kind of fun, but also kind of weird. <laughs> and uh, it's, is there a lot of, is there a lot of diversity in the, in the area? Uh, mm, uh, no. Uh, well, you know, it's better than it was. I remember when I went to high school, there was maybe one black kid and, like, a handful of Indian kids. And, uh, and that was it. But now there is, and, and then also, well, okay, so Tri-Cities is Richland, Kennewick, and Pasco. And because we have a lot of farming and orchards and 
wine, like wine, grape stuff that uh, there's a, a large Mexican population. And so... Um, Mexicans go everywhere. They're in Colorado. <laughs> they're everywhere. But, no, so they had a huge... And they kind of... <laughs> and so there were... That was it. Like, it was pretty much white people and Mexicans. That's it, you know? And now that... Uh, it's gotten a, it's gotten a little bit more diverse. Like I'm here and I'm like, oh wow, there's actually, you know, people of different ethnic backgrounds living here, and that's always good. But I know people. It's still I still wish it was more integrated because I know like Pasco, Hispanic kind of stay in there. It's not very. Uh, I don't like certain parts of town. They haven't integrated into each other. I guess I don't know. It's kind of like you know like a. Actually, I don't, I don't, I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> Can you cut this out? Oh my yeah. God, I totally went on like a crazy tangent and I don't know what I was saying, but pretty much, no, it's not uh, diverse, but for Tri-Cities, yes, it is. <laughs> and how, how is that in terms of going from like, you know, New York, you know, New York being New York to, to that? Like, what's that like? Um... It, it is super weird. It, it is weird. And, uh, cause, uh, cause, uh, cause I'm so, it's so whitewashed here that when you see someone that's maybe black, it's like, they stand out. Like, I mean, to me only because I'm so used to seeing them, seeing like different cultures everywhere in New York and kind of here, it's like not as diverse. And so it's like, it's, 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 uh, I mean, it is better than what it was before. I, I'm not trying to, like, disparage the community or, or anything. And I think that's great. And so it's uh, it's just I hope that more, cult- more cultures, more things come into the Tri-Cities that open people up here, I guess. Like, that's what I'm, I am excited about. There's, there's different, different um, uh, communities, people moving in that are bringing in all these great things that when I grew up, like, I never had sushi. Let's say that. Like, there's no sushi here. Like, I had no idea what that was. Literally. <laughs> I had no idea. And uh, <laughs> and so, you know, now it's like there's a few, there's like tons of sushi restaurants. on. So it's like, it's very different now. It, and it's a good thing. Like, it's a very good thing for this area. Good, good, good transition. Because this is something I've always always been curious about uh about you and mm-hmm. now i can finally ask and the not only will i know well hopefully i'll know the answer but so will the world um speaking of sushi um it's a good transition um for the long for as long as i've known you you've always been around you've always had uh, uh asian friends yes you're yes. yeah you're like an asian whisperer um, I, how, how, what, what is this? Do you have a, a secret, do you have I, a little whistle? Honestly, have, do you have a, do you, do you have a, a, a bayonet that you just kind of poke Asians in the I, ass? I, no, I honestly have no idea how, cause in high school I was friends, uh, with my, one of my best friends was Indian. And so I, um, didn't, I had, and my best friend was Italian, a white Italian. Italian girls, so there's these two white girls that would hang out with these, with Indians, and also, and I think they would uh, hang out with other, you know, uh, minorities too, and so that's like, 
I guess what I know it, when I was younger and like going and making friends with everyone and and then I, I I came to New York and I just I don't know I met some really cool people and they happened to be Asian but it, it is a joke with my Asian friends they're like God you're, they call me a rice queen and I know I can't say that because I'm white but like we, you know, uh, uh, we, I checked in already you you you've got the card you've got you've got oh permission. is that okay yeah. you probably have more Asian friends than I do actually. It was funny. I was making a birthday list to invite with my friend Mia, who was Asian, me, Kim, and I was going through the list, and she was like, "You have like two white people on here." <laughs> I was just like, I, was, "I don't know. Like, I. It's not like I'm collecting people. I just like." Oh yes, you enjoy, are. Enjoy. The, they're not my like Harajuku girls. Or, you, know? <laughs> you tie them up and make like horrible, make insensitive Fukushima references. Yeah, like no, it's just it just happened. That's just how it is and uh, uh, I it didn't really dawn on me until later in life that that's what was going on but I was like oh whatever I don't care it's some you know my closest friends may be Asian but I don't it's not like I uh, uh, seek that out I don't it's just the people that I like oh, sorry that's my mom. Um, you can answer it if you want my first crush in high school was an Asian guy. So let's, you know, but he was also a skater. So I was really into skaters, but yes, he was Asian too. <laughs> what happened to him? Oh, what? What happened to him? Um, it, it, we were always not thinking the same thing at the right time. If that makes sense. Like he would be off dating a girl when I was like wanting to date him. And then like he wanted to date me, but I was wanting to date other people, if that makes sense. And so it, like, never gelled. Oh, I thought you were going to say he's dead or he's oh, in jail. Oh, God. No. <laughs> that would be so sad. No, he's engaged to a very nice girl, and he seems very happy. <laughs> oh. Uh, well, we, we, can, we can edit that. Okay, yeah. He died. <laughs> fresh. Um, yeah, you know, I, whatever. Um, you know, I... Uh, I moved around a lot as a kid, but my primary, like, I went to high school down in, in, in Virginia, and whenever I go home for the holidays, I, I'd i say maybe six or seven out of ten times I will run into somebody from high school, which is kind of weird, but, you know, they're working at, you know, they're working at TJ Maxx, or I'll run into them at the gas station or something, and it's weird. Yeah. It's weird, because I, I actually go home to be anonymous, because I, you know, nobody will know me because I'm going home and I just want to be stealth. And then, you know, I'll run into somebody from my past. And it's weird in the sense that I can't really relate to them in, like... Um, it's very true, yeah. You know, just in terms of... I, I'm not judging. Um, maybe they probably can't relate to me. I'm just saying, you know, we... It's almost like... It's like a different think, di different dimension. What? Why, why didn't they leave? Why didn't they get out? Why are they settling for this, right? right. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and I saw it as, uh, when I first moved to New York, I, you know, you were like, oh, I'm in New York. I'm so cool. And then it, you go, and then you, like, visit home, and you're like, oh, why did they ever leave? Like, experience life. But you know what? Sometimes some people are just small-town people, for one. Two, there are life circumstances that you cannot control. And so they are living here. And so maybe it is a disappointment to them, but it's not my place to judge them. And I actually had a personally um, 
had an issue with uh, a family member who was, oh, you're moving back? Why? You, are you settling? Like, oh, why, why don't you want to stay there? Like, you know, da-da-da. And it, it just was really hurtful because you know what? You can go to big cities. You can do all that shit. But sometimes it's, it's not everything you want. Maybe it was what you wanted at that time. But now it's like, no, I can make my life somewhere else. And it's not a failure. It's not, it's not, um, defeat, you know, it's not those things. It's you're making a choice to leave. And, uh, and for some people that's just, oh God, you can't leave that big city or, and so now he, he, um, this family member moved to Seattle and now it's like, I'm not settling kind of deal. And, and it's, it's, what are you talking, like, it's crazy, like, people are, oh, New York, da-da-da, and it's like, well, you know, I got up every day at 7 a.m. and went to a job and worked eight hours and then came home and made dinner and then went to sleep. It's like any other place. <laughs> exactly. I, no, 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 yeah, so so I have to, the, I have to preface that when I go home and I run into people, I, I don't, when I say that I don't have anything in common, I, I, I mean more so in life experience in the sense yeah. that... Yeah. I, I've seen I've seen and done a couple different things and 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 they not only not, it's not that they haven't it's that they they don't have any interest in doing that so there's no interest in my life, but I completely agree with what you said. I feel you know my my trajectory is very similar. You know I I um, yeah I I don't um, I'm not interested in in you know just going going bananas at night you know where I used to be you know I remember. Yeah. I got a, you know, I hadn't, so I lost touch with, with a, a friend and he, he, uh, he got, um, he called me out of, the, or, or texted me out of the blue and said, hey, you know, our, our mutual friend is, you know, his band's playing and, and you know, pianos, pianos in the Lower East Side and uh, oh, you, you want to see him? And I was like, oh uh, yeah, probably, you know, I said, I, I faked enthusiasm and said, yeah, sure, I, I, I'd love to see them. Like when, um, when's it going on? He said, Wednesday at 1130. I was like, oh. yeah, fuck that. How's that? Uh, yeah, that's my answer. <laughs> fuck you. No, no it's funny. My mom loves to tell this story. When she came to visit when I first moved to New York, when I was like 23, I would go, I would get ready and go out at midnight. And yeah, like, yeah. That and like here, like you can eat dinner at six and you're not a weirdo. Like it's, it's like a whole different place. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's very strange to to hear people say, "Why did you leave? Like, why did you go?" And it's it's just uh, I didn't want to settle. Like, I could have stayed in New York and kept doing the same thing, but it wasn't making me happy. So let's yeah, do something. That, else. And that's that's the and thing. I don't think people people don't take that into consideration or appreciate it or understand that it's not always great in certain places and you want to change it up I, I don't know it's very strange right I completely agree and it's scary that we're agreeing on so many things because I thought we'd be ad very adversarial on this you know I, I, I will expand Wait, that what? you thought we'd be very adversarial about yeah that? I thought we'd just like fight and argue and you'd you know oh, about leaving New York no I, I'm kidding <laughs> I'm kidding I would I, I actually would transpose that into other things in terms of in terms of uh, just people who fool themselves in in doing what they're doing here, 
whether whether it's in you know their office job or their creative endeavor you know and they're they're just constantly they're just doing this thing and they're miserable and they just they're under the impression yeah. that like you know that because i'm here i should yeah i i i'm going to suffer because i'm going it's going to work out which uh, look it might work out yeah. but you've you've defined that you're suffering you're not having fun so yeah. There's gotta, there's gotta be a different way, you know. There's, uh. yeah, I, you know, it's, it's funny, you know, that last year I was in New York, I was definitely, um, or the year, of, no, the last year in New York, I didn't have a job, so I really enjoyed it. But <laughs> the year before, um, when I was working and doing the, you know, being quote unquote successful, it, it, it was. like it's 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 universal if you're not in this big city or a city in your state or you know that kind of thing and when I came back here it was I have a friend who's into the arts like he is an actor and all that kind of stuff and he has a great fucking time doing uh stuff around the tri-cities because it's more control uh, tons of people come he has better role like he can take on roles he wouldn't have gotten maybe in New York or he can have, you know, be in theater companies that he makes and, and it may be on a smaller scale, but he's still fulfilling his dreams, you know, of being on stage. And I, I, of course that's two different beasts where some people, you know, want to be in, in, uh, uh, in, in a larger community of that, but for him, it's not settling. It's finding what he likes, and he's doing it at where he is, and he's making things happen. And I, I just think that's what people need to realize is um, you don't have to be a successful person if, uh, in a big city to be on top of stuff. I, I don't know. It's very weird. I just feel like this generation, or not this generation, but a lot of people so hung up on where you live and like can't differentiate between what your goals are and what theirs are maybe like maybe they think they wanted to do that or they think it's like more pressure but I just kind of feel like everyone has their own goals and you shouldn't give people shit if they're doing it in a town of you know a million or you know or or in seattle or, or not seattle but or somewhere like a small like a smaller town like this i i don't know it's just it's something i definitely had to work through when i moved home uh, yeah i mean i i think i think what it comes down to is the energy that you put out of okay uh, this reminds me of so i was a i was a cater waiter for for many many years and i hated it I, oh it just, yes remember Oh, that's right. We did we did a few gig jobs together, right? Did we? I can't remember. Yes. Remember, uh, were you? Yeah. Didn't when we were doing? Oh my god. So Van, you didn't? Did you explain how we met? No, no, no. I haven't yet. No. For the podcast, right? No. no? We met on a temp job. Remember? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. So. A museum of natural history. Yes. Or, or, yeah. <laughs> Don't give them a free yes. plug. Yeah. So okay. So yeah, I'll. I'll Stephanie and I met at, at we had this we had this temp job where we just kind of we oh yeah that's right it was a it was a coat check 
But there was these shifts that were like, I guess maybe five hours. And so obviously in a coat check, you have a big rush when the event starts and there's a big rush when people want to retrieve their coats. So there's a lot of downtime. And um, so I had shifts with Stephanie and she would, uh, you would crack me up. You, you were just so funny. And, but it was a mixture, you know, it wasn't just like, you know, just like one liners or zingers. I mean, we got to know each other, obviously we became friends. Um, and I've had many of like crap jobs. Um, that's actually a fun job, a fun job in my canon. Well, but then you, it was so funny because I was taking like the longest way to get to the historical society because I had no idea the transit system, the subway system. Like, I was just like, oh, hopefully I'll get there and I'll just walk. And it was literally, I was walking like 10 blocks to get to work, and you're like, oh, you can just get off two blocks from here on the, like, on the uh, E, on the E or whatever, or on the, the blue line, and ACE, and I, I was like, oh my god, I'm such an idiot. Well, <laughs> like, what's I funny, what's him. funny is I, I lived walking, at the time, I lived walking distance from there, and you lived in Waynesburg, and I used to make fun of you, like, oh, Waynesburg, yeah. that's so stupid, and that's, that's not where I live, I'm, like, now I live in Waynesburg. Where do you live now? Um, I live now, I live, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I live in Waynesburg, so it's um, two stops away from Bedford, so it goes Bedford, Lorimer, and then Graham, so I live on Graham. Graham. Yeah, Graham was my first stop. That's, That's right. My first when stop. I actually when I moved here, um, I think we I told you we 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 passed each other, but you had such a and I hadn't seen you in, in, in a while, but you had such an angry look. I'm like, is that is that her? God, I don't I, I don't want to say hi because no, whoever this person is is gonna whip my ass because she's so mean. <laughs> no, and then I told you, oh, that's just my face. Right, right, right. Yeah, and I, I regret. I said I should. Just, I said I'm, I know it was her. I should have just said hi. I don't know, but let's just look. Because I've learned in New York, you can't just smile at random people because then they'll talk to you. And usually they're super, like, I, I don't know. I learned not to smile at guys or, like, make eye contact because I've, like, you're just being nice. And then I've had people, like, not that I'm anything spectacular, but, like, this, like, people follow me or, like, try to talk, you know, like that type of, where it's just like, I'm just trying to be nice, you know, whatever. And so I put on my, bitch face so no like, <laughs> like, like just go down the street without being bothered and I was like I think that's van but I don't know and and I don't want to like accost this stranger but yeah so Which, yeah I remember you was, it was like a summer day and I remember like I had like you had such a mean look that I put my my I darted my face away and I, I think you had sandals on that's how like that's how like quickly I moved looked away and like uh, yeah, that's all I remember. Yeah, you know, it, it sucks that uh, a lot of times in New York, there's a lot of, uh, for uh, guys, I don't know, but, like, for women, there's just a lot of uh, 
harassment if you look sometimes people or like I just learned to keep my head down and like not look at people and like kind of look mad so no one like says anything to me or like whatever and 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 that sucks but uh yeah it uh, I just always got so um just I had too many experiences where it was just like very uncomfortable and like too much and I don't know how to I'm very bad at sometimes uh, standing up for myself, which I'm better at now. But, uh, yeah, I felt so bad about that, though, because that was my last year, my last uh, summer in New York. And it's so crazy because I hadn't seen you for, my God, what was that, like four years or something? Uh, yeah, well, didn't we go bowling one night? Remember you went to, we went to Brooklyn, the gutter? I was really, I was so. really hammered. That was my, that was my <laughs> drunk, drunk bastard phase. Yeah, and and then we met another time, and you like wanted to date a girl that was like a bicyclist or something. It was that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, 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 what yeah. What's changed now? It's like a, it's like a weird bougie place. Right. Yeah. <laughs> then it was like it was like a haunted house. Yeah. Yeah. It was this like dirty Brooklyn bar and I remember my friend found coke on the floor and she did it and I was like oh my god don't do that did she like it was it quality I was like thank god she's not dead but see yeah that's it well that's another thing that was alarming to me in terms of like um in terms of drug like I never did anything before I moved to New York uh and then I would you know you do the social rounds when you come here and you're like you're you know it just you know, weed is probably as accessible as drinking at any party. So you're like, okay, you know, whatever. Um, I don't know why, but I had this icebreaker of like smoking crack of like, Hey, smoke crack. It was kind of like my thing. I don't know why, I don't know why I did it, but it was a crutch and I, I was just doing it. And then I was at this one party and, (laughs) um, uh, I don't know, and this is really stupid of me. So there was this black. He was the like one of like two black guys, and oh, I was God. like, yeah, I was like, I made my crack joke. I'm like, hey, you know, I don't know what I did. It was like something about like crack, and he was like, hey man, you ever smoke crack? Or not to him. It was to the group, and he was like, yeah. And I went, so I like paused. I was like, really? He was like, yeah, yeah. I was like, well, what happened? He's like, well, I was, I was walking through. Uh, Hi. Park Slope, or what, what's that big park in Park Slope? I forget. Uh, anyway, he was like, I was walking through the park, and this guy said, um, you want to smoke some crack? And I said, yeah, so I did it. Man, man, okay, let me tell you this story was that I was at this party off of Graham Street, like near the industrial area, where the projects are, and then like over that there's like a huge industrial area where just a bunch of like uh trucks and buildings but i was at a party over there and i was outside super wasted and this guy comes over from the project he's like with his friends and it's like a bunch of white hipsters hanging out in the house and then like the project and a guy was like oh you want to smoke some weed and i smoked his weed like how stupid can you be god only knows what was in you know well that that's fine i mean you're at a party right you were at a party too. No, yeah. then, but no, I didn't have crack accessible. I wouldn't smoke crack. I mean, we're fine. I mean, <laughs> no, if they're smoking the weed. Had walked across the street, just like there were guys hanging out at the park and the projects, and then they just like crossed the street and were like, "Hey, is there any beer in there?" And like, 
he was like, oh, I'm smoking some weed. And I, I just like took a stranger's, you know, and it's oh, like. Oh, wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. Time out. This guy wasn't at the party? No. No. Oh, he was just walking by and say, hey, pardon, pardon me, madam. Here's some weed. Well, no, he, he was, uh, we, <laughs> he was hanging out across the street. We were hanging out across the street. Very different street. Like very white people, hipster, and then you know projects dudes, and and I was just such a oh, yeah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I'll smoke some of your weed. I have no idea who you are. God only knows. And yeah, I got totally fucked up off that, but uh, it could have been a lot worse. Yeah, you're definitely you're definitely a, a Jekyll and Hyde when you uh, when you get a little nemerated. I, I I can yeah. attest to that. That's fine. Um, uh, can I can I can I share a little mutual story of our of our last outing Go together? On. So. Um, so, uh, I get a, I get a, I get a text from a a friend saying, Hey, come out. You need to come out to this bar, which is a block away from where I live. I'm like, Oh God. All right. Whatever. It's in the summer. And I've, (laughs) I've got a basketball jersey on and shorts. I'm like, and I, I think, I think I know who he's talking about. And I'm like, all right, well this guy, all right, I'll have one drink with this guy and like, whatever. And I show up, and Stephanie's there. And then you, we fast forward, and we're we're at a we're at a strip club Pumps. called Pumps. Oh, <laughs> you know what was crazy though was that uh, I hadn't seen you for so many years, and and that was a, a like month I was leaving, and with um with you and like there a couple other people that I hadn't seen in so like five years and I ended up before I was leaving seeing all of those people like people I had it like people I had met the first year or two that I had moved to New York and I was like you know this is kind of a nice thing where it's like oh I knew you when and I'm leaving and it was a nice kind of goodbye from New York because it was like and, and it was great people that I saw, so I was really excited. And I remember because uh, that friend I had uh, gone on a date with, and I felt so bad because I was in such a bad place when uh, that happened, and I was just like a total idiot with the whole thing. But um, I was actually really happy that we that I met up with you and also him, and we had a great time. And I, it was crazy, and it was awesome. It was what? What? It was crazy and awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, it, wasn't it during the week. It was like a Thursday. Yeah, it was like a Wednesday night. Because I remember I had to I had to check out. You guys went to get. It was we. You got it was it was so intense. You guys went to get breakfast, and I was like, I I think I I gotta work in a few hours or something. Yeah, it was a time for you guys uh bought me a dance. Yes. And um. I went back there, and you were like, pick the girl out. So I picked, And then literally all I talked about was feminism, and you can do what you want, and here's the money, and take their money, and you don't have to do any of this. Just go hang out. And, of course, this girl's like, shut the fuck up. Just, you know, whatever. You're, I'm sure it was very condescending, maybe, but uh, I pretty sure it just was... Yeah, I'm very uncomfortable with the whole thing, but... Um, I don't know. It seemed like you're having, you're having some fun there. Oh, my God. Yeah, it was very a lot of fun. But when it gets one-on-one with someone, I obviously freak out. But that was so much fun. I've never drank that much whiskey in my life and not, like, 
not uh, uh, that much whiskey and not like completely blacked out. Like I remember all of the night. I remember all of it. What What is your choice of drink? It depends on how I'm feeling. Sometimes it's whiskey and sometimes it's just uh, a vo- uh, something with vodka, like a, a martini or it's wine. <laughs> it depends. Uh, it really red, does. Red or white or? Red is always better, but I'm drinking white right now because I put it with spritzer. <laughs> with a straw? Yeah. <laughs> it's a pineapple straw. I mean, I can do what I want. Yeah, <laughs> right? you're, you're an adult. You know, oh, one thing that I wanted to hark back on um, when, you, uh, when you were uh, um, evaluating and, and judging me about reading The Fountainhead, one thing that I've noticed... <laughs> One thing that I have noticed, and I, I don't, you know, you, you being you being a, a, a woman in 2014, you can uh, want your perspective is, you know, there's this there's this like this movement now of like super sensitive men who are, you know, they're, you know, they're pro woman and you know they're they're like they're vegan and they're into yoga. I'm not saying that those things are bad. I'm just building the profile here. And, you know, and it's just like the ones that I've met, I'm just like, yeah, you know what? You're full of shit. All you, you're just trying to get laid and you can't get laid. You, you've tried everything else and now you're trying this. Have you, you met those dudes? uh, Women aren't stupid and they know when someone is sincere about something or not. Like, I, I mean, actually, no, that's not true. When, when I was younger, I just ate it, ate it, I just took it out. I was like, oh, he's so cool. Uh, da, da, da. Like, when you're younger, that kind of stuff is like, oh, he's so progressive. At least for me, I was total, total idiot, and I was just, like, drinking too much and thought everyone was rad. So, uh, uh, that's that. But, like, now, it's kind of like, mm, he's maybe pandering to his audience, and I don't know if I can, like, get into this. And I, uh, it, it's kind of cool that there's a guy it's like maybe trying to learn about feminism and like being in touch with you know these things that are seen as feminine and, and that's cool like that's the pl- positive of that but if he doesn't actually believe it well then but, just but, fuck off <laughs> no no that's definitely yeah i mean i i i agree with like if, if it's sincere but but from a woman's perspective is that appealing for me personally um uh um, that was one of the hard things in New York was that a lot of the guys probably had never worked with their hands. They don't have calluses. Uh, they just sit and like do art all day and like, which is cool and everything like nerdy guys or if they're programming, but like, um, for me personally, a guy that does yoga is kind of weird. Like I, I don't even do yoga. So maybe that's why, <laughs> like I can't imagine a guy doing yoga, um, but, you know, it's funny. I, I got my hair done today, and um, uh, they, we were talking, and I was talking about how one of my um, ex-friends, her boyfriend would straighten his hair, like, like with a straightener, and I was totally weirded out by that. Like, wait, wait, totally wait, wait. Weird. What do you mean straighten his hair? His he hair was naturally curly? His, he had long hair, and he would straighten his hair with a straightener. What? what? And, because his hair, what, what, what was his hair like before? Did he have early? Like... He wanted to have like you know, it was like early two thousand, so it was like 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 a kind of more straight hair, longer, whatever. And uh, 
And I was totally weirded out. I was like, that is so not dude-like. But you know what? Um, Maybe it's not for me, but good for him for doing what he wants, I guess. And um, I can't judge someone if that's what they're doing. And No, you can't judge them, but you can definitely evaluate if if you find it attractive. Judge them. Sure, sure, sure. You, you, you. Yeah, I mean, but you can evaluate if if that if you know X Y Z is is appealing or attractive. Yeah. Well, I'm a total asshole, and like the first like ten minutes I meet someone, I make assumptions and judge them. And like, I remember you know John Lee. So he was like, "You're kind of judgmental," and I was like, "No, I'm. Oh wait, yes, I am. <laughs> like, and I've tried to not be because." people can surprise you and not be what you think they are. And so I'm trying to like not do that and not be such a, uh, a loud mouth when I'm drunk and like say stuff to people or like whatever. I, I it's just like less, that's my goal is to be less judgmental. Have you, have you had any like weird misadventures on like dates and stuff? But before you answer that, I'll, I'll I'll expose myself. So the girl that we that we referenced before that you were she pooped in the shower. That's a different story. That's you a different story. You told me that like three times. Okay, but that was actually my roommate. About that. Okay, that was my roommate. So I, I I'll spare you for the fourth time. So the girl that I that you were kind enough to be my wingman. So we we actually went on a date and uh, we mowed back to her place. But then she went to the bathroom. It's her place. She was in the bathroom. Now, I I go to the bathroom for a very long time. She was in there for, like, 25 minutes. Oh, God. Yeah, and then, like... What, maybe she's throwing up? I don't know. Uh, well, no. Well, here's the thing. So then I wanted to use the bathroom. She's like, yeah, you probably shouldn't go in there. And I was just like... Okay, A, hey. I know what you did. B, well, I have to use the bathroom. What am I supposed to do? You have a cup or something? So no, then I just went home. I, I feel bad for that because, you know, your body does stuff that you uh, can't control. And so, like, sometimes you got to be um, – guys can get away with that all the time. Like, they can be like, oh, don't go in there. And I'm sure, like, on the second date some, or first date, guys would do that. And it's fine. But if a woman – A guy you know, wouldn't do that on the first date. If a guy, I would make a joke about it. Like, I, I mean, yeah, like that, maybe because I've uh, um, had to walk into that situation before and just be like, oh, whatever. But uh, I think she was trying to make a joke about it. And people poop. No, I don't think she made it. No, I, I was there. She wasn't really mad. She was just like forbidding me to even go to the bathroom. She was what? She was like forbidding me to go to the bathroom. That's so funny, though. Like, she was insecure about it, too, but... Oh, uh, yeah. She ended up being nuts. Oh, well, okay. That's fine, then. <laughs> yeah. But, but uh, I mean, I, I mean, obviously, I have, I, I have a treasure... I have a, I have a drawer full of, you know, stupid, stupid oh, date yeah. stories like that. I, I was, um... I was, um... So, uh, my haunt was Enid's in Brooklyn, and so there was this guy there that I had, like made out with and all that jazz and we went back to his place and I had to go pee really bad um and it was right next to Enid's where we were at but then we went to his place what a what a real player there right next to Enid's and um 
Wait, he worked. He worked there, or you, or he was. You that was just a place to meet up. What? You he worked there, or that was just a place to meet up. He he worked so, there. Uh, we would always like a, no. He it was like a group of people, like these two different groups of girls and guys that would always like end up at Enid's, and like uh, people would date each other. It was very incestuous, but it was like our kind of group of people, and um. Uh, so, and, and I ended up at his place making out whatever, and, uh, I had to go pee really bad, like, really, uh, and I can't pee in other, at that time, and so I made him go back to Enid's with me so I could go pee, and I'm sure he thought I had to go poop. That's terrible. <laughs> but I didn't. I Wait, didn't. why couldn't you pee in his toilet? Oh, so, uh, uh, that's a long story, but, um. I've always had issues with peeing in public or peeing in a room where I know someone could hear it. Oh, but do you have a problem pooping with somebody? Like, is it? Uh, all I, know. I had to do was pee. Right, but, but does it, is it is it across the board or is it only peeing? Oh, just pee. Really? You could poop and it'd be fine? If it's quiet and it doesn't smell, yeah. I feel like it would be more, more volume intrusive if you're pooping no you have something with pooping but uh, i'm terrified like of pooping in public yeah when well, i was I when know. i was in high school and we'd be like be out with my friend well not that i had many friends and we'd be out and i'm like you know what i have to use the bathroom we have to, i have to go home and that'd be it for me yeah i'd Seriously? have to yeah i'd have to go home and poop and and that's well, it. I had a really screwed up stomach, and I had like I'm pretty sure the whole time I was so stressed out in New York. I had like IBS, like real, like I'm just gonna go because I had to go. If not, I'm gonna shit myself. And so I got to the point where I was like, I don't care. Like this is my body problem, and I need. But at that time, because you're you're with a guy and you're trying not not to whatever, and I don't know. I and super drunk also that I was just like, I need to go back there and go pee and then not not do anything with you when we get back to your place i like totally strung him along but that's fine would you would you uh judge a guy based on his apartment a little bit just in the sense that can he take care of it himself does he have pots and pans, and can right. he clean them? Right, and, and does he and does he sleep two feet above the floor? That's fine. Oh, so he can he can like have a sleeping bag? Oh no, at least have a bed. <laughs> I have this great story. So, uh, when I was living off the Graham stop, and it was me and my good friend Hannah. Oh no, and. Sue, did you meet Sue? Remember you know, there was, there night? was, there was, okay, okay, there was one night, I don't know if you remember, where, I mean, I was drunk as shit, and we walked, we went to Daddy's, and I remember I was surrounded by Asians, so I actually live, like, two blocks away from Daddy's, and when I yeah. went there recently, it looks completely different from what I remember, so my memory of when- They redid the yeah, they redid the front, but the but the the inside and the back are similar. I mean, in my mind, it was it's complete. It was like the Hall of Justice. I think that's why I kind of left too, because I was like, oh my god, everything's so different. I can't handle all the change. Like, 
I'm so used to my daddy's being like a game, like a video, like Pac-Man in the window and like it being like that daddy's, you know, window. And like it's hard when stuff changes, even though I'm sure maybe they had to or they felt like they needed to. But anyways, go on with your story. Well, anyway, so then that night I remember, um, I could barely stand, but I remember meeting a bunch of Asians so I probably met, I may have met her that night. Is your friend the Hannah no, Asian? Sue. Oh my God, Sue is not Asian. Oh, she see, I just I just assumed Asian. by the name Sue. That's a pretty Asian name. Oh well, I do have an Asian friend named Sue Jean. So. See, there you go. I may <laughs> so have met her that, that night. Her. No, but Sue was the night before we went to the strip club. She was there at the bar with me and John and um and what's his name. Wait, the what? the what? first bar before I showed up? Oh, Remember? she's the, ta the tattoo artist. Yes. yes. Okay, okay. Okay, so Sue, Sue was, I don't know what we were talking about, but here's the story. So I lived in the room where the door opened to like the little uh, living room area and there was a, uh, a futon there and Sue would sleep on there when she was a guest artist at Rising Dragon so she would be there for like a month and a half just living on this futon in our, our living room and um one morning I walked out and she had no covers on her and I was like oh she must be so cold so I like put the covers over her not knowing anything and I realized um I was telling Sue about it. She's like, oh, no, I had a small Mexican man that I had had sex with behind me, and so he took all the covers. <laughs> um, like, that's the only stuff that can happen in New York City. Like, she, I was like, oh, I thought you were so cold. But no, that guy was being, like, So furry. you didn't see him? He, he, was, uh, he, was, he was not in your vision? You're not, not in your, your peripherals? I had no idea he was there. Hmm. I was just, like, worried about her because she looked so cold. And that's the one thing that I um, do miss is this random shit that you get into in New York because people are so weird there, and they do whatever they want. And I feel like I, and I did the same thing, like, that freedom of being um, not, not just yourself but, like, almost an amplified version of yourself too because there's so many people with big personalities that you feel like, I, I just felt like, oh, whatever, I'm just going to do whatever I want because I've spent all this time people-pleasing, right? And um, and that's why I was, uh, when that happened, I was like, oh, God, that's really fucking funny and awesome. <laughs> it's great. I remember walking by seeing two people have sex in a pile of garbage. Are you serious? Yeah, they, they, were, they, were, they were humping on garbage. Garbage. Uh, you know how they, you know, in New York, how you just pile the garbage on certain days and you just put them out. Yeah. The, on, so they use that as their mattress and they were going at it. That's a lot of noise, right? Uh, All that stuff. The noise I'm and just, germs. Like plastic boxes and cans and take out containers. Um, oh, yeah. Rip I, and the plastic. Ripping the plastic. Ugh. That, um, you do you. I don't know. You know, New York. Did you see that? Did see you what? ever see that? Um, do you know uh, Donald uh, Donald Glover? He does. Um, he was on Community. Right. Of oh, the Ch Childish Gambino. Yeah. Guy. yeah. Um, and 
he had some tweets and stuff, and it was like these two people downtown um, in Melita or that area, and they were having sex in the Bank of America window. <laughs> and I was like, all right, cool. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's New York. Whatever. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, but that's fun and hilarious and I, I, I but honestly that's that's I'm I'm on a different planet like I would not yeah I would not define that as fun like I would not like no that's kind of very drunken uh, uh, a low point maybe but I don't want to judge anyone if they're doing that like whatever have if that is, is your fun do it but um, it's definitely something um that I could never do. <laughs> well, also there was a time where, uh, again, this was this was during my 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 low point. Hold on, my dog is whining to go outside. Do you mind if I let him out for one second? No, that's fine. I, oh no, wait. Is it my mom is home and so he's whining? Hold on, I'll okay. let him out. All right, so oh. step. Oh no, never mind. I'm back. Oh, so he just my let himself out. No, my dad did it. Oh. That's what's like living with your parents. <laughs> In your childhood home. Oh, fun stuff. But it is good though, right? Um, it's, yeah, it is. Because I, I feel more myself now in this house than I ever have. Right. Because pre-leaving, I just felt like I had to be something for other people. And I was just always doing whatever people told me and... I'm kind of trying to assert myself, but not. But now it's, you know, um, I can live here and appreciate it and know that I'm very lucky, but also uh, be myself and assert myself. And, and I don't know, it, it is very different living in your uh, childhood home when you're fucking 32 or whatnot. Wait a minute. So you, you, you were like in middle, like elementary school and stuff in this house? Um, yeah, uh, we lived down in the Brotherhood of West Richland, which was predominantly, um, uh, African-American, I guess, or black or what, it's called the Brotherhood. And, uh... Wait a minute. <laughs> they were... Who called it the Brotherhood? <laughs> I don't know, white people probably, oh, right? That's... Because... I was with you when you were up until that point when you revealed that there were black people in the neighborhood. So if there are black people in the neighborhood and they're called the Brotherhood, I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah, yeah. It was like the people that, uh, you know. It's not a compliment, right? Is that what you're saying? No, I was like, that doesn't sound right. Just like the Richland Bomber doesn't sound right. Right. Or the the Fukushima Tribute Towers or whatever it is that you have in your neighborhood. The Hiroshima (laughs) Atom Bomb. Yeah. It's so fun. Like, uh, uh, yeah really fucked up but anyways um yeah so we lived house there until I was in god I don't know first grade and then we my parents oh no sixth grade sixth grade because I remember listening to Janet Jackson remember the album where she, uh, that huge album she had where she had the boob thing where the guy was holding her boobs oh yeah yeah she had the ballad right like yeah um, it like I, it was that album see i remember everything by music kind of like music oh yeah me too me too yeah yeah, yeah. i do that too in fact yeah, sometimes yeah. where like i'm i'm in a boring situation and it's like 
okay, five minutes. Okay, that's a pop song. I can do this. Yeah, yeah. it's no problem. Oh my God, me too. Yes, yes. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I can do this in this a, a lot of amount of time. Yeah, 30, 30 minutes? That's the Cosby show. I can do this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I, I yeah. Um, but yeah, so we moved here uh, sixth grade, my sixth grade. And, um, and then I left. And my little brother took over my room. So there's a Ken Griffey Jr. <laughs> poster in there. And his guitar, and, like, it's a mess. Like, my parent, I think my mom was um, very much like, oh, she left. Let's just get her out of here. You know, I think she was sad that her kids were leaving. And so she kind of, like, pushed away any memories of my room. So I really don't have anything in my room that is my room, if that makes sense. Like, as a kid, it's a completely different room. Um, and so, yeah, that's the room I'm in, and it's... Wait, it's, you're, the, you're the oldest? No, I'm a middle... My um, older brother had a room downstairs, so he has a different room. But my younger brother is eight years younger. Oh, you're in the middle? So you're in the middle? Yeah. Oh, okay, all right, all that, right. Does that explain a lot? But I was a girl, so I got some attention. Were you a kind of a pioneer in the sense, or was your mom giving you like special discipline because you're the you're the girl? No, actually, um, um, on my mom's side, she had a sister, but on my dad's side, it was uh, all boys. So um, grandma and grandpa had all boys, and then those guys started procreating. And it was all boys, like all boys, all boys, and I was the first girl in the family. And so I, um, definitely made up for being a middle child, but I was the first girl. And so I got, uh, I was definitely like, um, it was great. <laughs> you know, like I, I got a lot of attention from my grandmother and, and, um, uh, my mom had had a boy and now she has a girl and I think my dad loved it. I'm at, I'm named after my dad. And so, um, uh, I don't know. It, it's hard sometimes too because um, I don't know. Are you a middle child? I'm the youngest. I'm the youngest oh. of. Uh, yeah, I have all brothers. How many years? Um, oh, well, there's a significant. Hang on, Bob wants to get out. There's okay, Bob. Go go. <clears throat> Listeners will know Bob is the uh, super cat, and he he wanted out, so he, time to go. Um, there's a significant age group, age difference, um, with my, with, um, my siblings before me, um, the closest one to me is, uh, f like five years. Um, I think I, I remember talking to, uh, talking to you about this because, um, you would give me tickets to the Regina Spectre show. Oh yeah. Yeah. And yeah. then afterwards you were like, Oh, we, you know, you have to get me a drink afterwards. And we went to a bar and we had, and I bought you one drink cause I was so poor and, and, and we, and then you bought the rest. But then I remember learning later that you got those tickets for free. Is that, does that discount the fact that what, what, why was that? Is that bad? I just thought it was funny because you're like, give me a drink. But then I realized it was nice. <laughs> no, well, I felt bad. And to this day, I felt bad that I, you know, I couldn't make it. I just couldn't make it in time. And you had to, you had to see the show by yourself. So I, oh, I, my God, I felt like a loser. I, I went there and it was raining and I was like a girl by myself. And like, I, I think I wore like a real blocky sweat. I just felt like a 
sad single woman watching Regina Spector in the rain. <laughs> <laughs> that's like that's like a, a NYU freshman poem right there. No, to this day I still feel bad. Thank you. I feel I feel you've made me feel horrible now. Oh, uh, I'm so. But it was a fun conversation afterwards. I felt like I learned a lot about you because you talked about your mom, right? It, and is she doing okay? Yeah, yeah. Um, she, you know, it's weird because my mom, um, uh, she is one of those people that is just kind of always bright and sunny and, um, mm. she would, she'll never really let on, like, if she was in any kind of pain. Um, when I was a kid, I think like most people, you know, you kind of, you know, you were saying that you had a, you had a great relationship with your mom. For me, maybe because I was a boy. Oh, no, I've had up and down. Right. Okay. Like most people, right? I mean, for yeah. me, I really resisted my mom. I just kind of, you know, I don't want to be a baby. I'm, you know, I want to be an adult. I want to be a man. And I resisted that so much. And I now understand as an adult how, um, how much strength that required to be the person that she is throughout her life. Yeah. Um, and it put up with me. God, I was probably such a jerk when I was a kid. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, to, to, to answer your, to answer your question and, um, uh, you know, she does, you know, my mom, uh, is, uh, her health is, is doing well. She's, she's managing okay. it well. And, you know, she doesn't, she would never, she doesn't really kind of reveal that stuff to me to entirely. I mean, she tells me the necessary things and I kind of get things here and there from, uh, my siblings, um, but that's just how she is. You know, she's doesn't want to make a problem. Yeah, I mean, I could, I, I, I will honestly say that she is the strongest human being that I know uh, that I've ever met in my life. Only because she just, she just doesn't get mad. She's just, she's always well, been, she's always really? been kind. She's, she gets upset and she gets frustrated, but she's. She's always been kind. She's kind to everybody, and everybody loves her. And you know, uh, I'm proud that every you know that she's just so universally loved. Yeah. You know, um, we have so I have I have three older brothers, and we had um, we had another brother that we kind of took on as our own before we when we came to the United States, and um, and my mother loved him just like any like one of our siblings and he was actually he was a very good brother to me he was a he was just you know i considered him like a like like a brother. my brother yeah. um and then he found his his um he found his real you know he found or he reconnected with his his dad and he when we moved from um uh boston uh, massachusetts to virginia he said you know what um i am going to stick around here and I'm going to try to reconnect with uh, my family. That's and, hard. Well, that really, that really yeah. devastated my mother um, to a degree which I didn't really know at the time. And then, uh, and then years later, uh, he invited my brother to be his best man at his wedding. So it was really out of the blue. And so we all went, we all kind of, you know, we came back. So at this time, he was living in Long Island. And we came back, we came to the wedding and you know it was all fun and so i really thought like okay well he's back in our lives again but that was it that was nothing and then it was That's just so like weird. 
Well, it was weird in the sense that, like, I, I guess, like, I was thinking, like, so you just wanted, you just wanted, like, you just wanted support. You wanted, like, a home team for your wedding? Because that's what it seemed like. You know, he had his his birth father there, and we met him, and it seemed like, it seemed like a nice guy or whatever. And, um, so when he found out his um, birth parents, did he uh, talk to your mother about that? Where, like, oh, I would... So he just kind of went back to that and and didn't talk to your mom anymore. Yeah, he was just like a peace out. So, um, oh, God, and then awful. I remember, I remember after the wedding, um, there was some time after that, and I asked my mother like, what you know, you ever you know do you, you know what what's your impression of him? Yeah, and that's the only, and she she that's the only time she ever kind of. I don't want to say spiteful, because that's definitely not the accurate term to show, but she definitely showed vulnerability in the sense of, like, I reached out to him throughout the years, and he's never, I'm obviously paraphrasing, I reached out to him throughout the years, he's never reciprocated, so, you know, he can live his life. But I, I interpret, so, but underneath that wave was just so much hurt that I just felt like, so me being, you know, a... a you know, kind of a dumbass was just like, and to 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 some degree, I, I it resonates in me now is like, well, you know what, dude, fuck you, go fuck yourself, because yeah, I he may still be in Long Island, which is not obviously not too far from me, and so um, so it, it's come up like, oh, you ever you ever bothered to you ever bothered to you know look him up? No, I I don't. It's not of like you know he can fucking die. It's just that. I always, my, my brain and my heart always go back to that, to my, to, to that, because that's the, that's the single moment where my mom just felt like so vulnerable and hurt by revealing oh, that. So I'm going to, uh, piggyback on that and say that, you know, um, it wasn't, uh, it was, um, a family member and when you, I don't agree a lot of times with my mother or whatever, but when you see another family member treat your mom like shit after she's done so much and she's been caring and like, and, and then this family member, um, rejects it and thinks it's kind of twist. I don't know. I'm having family issues right now and I, I shouldn't talk about it a lot, but like when you have a family member that thinks that that will, will, Reject your mother and hurt your mother and my mom doesn't cry and I saw her cry and it, it, it was just when your mom shows that that vulnerability of being like my child has just rejected me it's really hard it's hard to watch to where it's like it it, it made me realize you know what um my parents are people and they're not perfect and and they won't do the right it, do what I think they should do or make me feel better like they're not the perfect person and they're and it's not like a letdown in any way but it's kind of comforting and knowing that they're figuring everything out with you and um I don't know it's when you see your parent being really hurt by a family member it's it's really hard It, it it puts stuff in perspective for me I don't know about you. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, for, for oh, hang on for a second. Ah, Bob's back, so I had to. So, um, yeah, I mean, 
Uh, absolutely. I mean, you know, I think, you know, as you, when you're growing up, you have this perception of, of your parents of, you know, this is my mom or this is my dad. And you don't really think beyond that. And to some degree, I, even as an adult, I get into that trap of, you know, I come home and, you know, my mom's, my mom's like a, she's super nice and she's just, you know, cooks this food that's like, you know, what I always say, like, well, what army is coming here to, you know, what's going, what's the deal? And um, so you, you get, you, when you're not fully realized, which I wasn't as an adult, you know, I'm just consumed by ambition. You're blinded, yeah. you're blinded by your own personal garbage and you don't really see this person, you know, who, you know, who is, is your mom. the best they can. Yeah, they yeah. That they know, and that—that's what's so funny is that um, even when I uh, thought I was becoming an adult, moving to uh, New York City, it wasn't until I left that I realized um, my parents did a lot for me, and they've been very patient and let me go through these growing pains, and and have seen it. And I know my, for my mom, like. Um, it's been hard. Like we had, uh, points in my, in, in being in New York that we didn't talk. Like it was just poof, done. Like you say this and da, da, da. Like, but then I know as an adult, she's an adult and I want to work on this and I'm going to take her as far as I can in talking to her about these things. And, um, I feel like that's helped my relationship with her where I can call her out on stuff and she'll call me out on stuff. And before it was just more spiteful, like, oh, you, you know, like you're not doing this for me or you're not acting like this. And now as an adult, like I keep telling her I'm this age, thirties uh, and, uh, I'm not your child. Uh, I'm your child, but treat me like an adult. And, and that's a great thing. Like, I think it's really amazing the re- relationship I have with her now and also my father because um, going away, I felt like, really made me, um, I never said, like, I love you at the end of the phone call. But in New York, it was like, I love you. I'll, you know, talk to you soon. And I think that was um, great for our relationship. And having someone gone but also pursuing their dreams or whatever you know is is hard for i i think about now and i'm like oh my god how did my parents let me do that <laughs> like <laughs> like oh, like my little brother is um he's 24 right now and he's only in seattle and i'm like oh my god what are you doing at night who talks to you on the bus at night and like when i was 24 i was in new york and like calling my mom at like 2 a.m. be like, can you give me directions to this bar? <laughs> what? Subway. It'd be like, totally, like, you just have to help me. I'm here. And, of course, you don't, you know, you think, like, you have to because I've got you trapped and thinking, oh, if I don't help her, she's going to end up dead in an alley somewhere. And I'm, like, scaring the shit out of everyone. And um, now I see that because of a, a, maybe, I don't know if your siblings kind of think about with you when you moved to New York, but for me, I kind of see that with my younger sibling in the sense that 
you you have to let go and let your kid like do that stuff and be a total asshole and like go out there and think that they're awesome and, and like do that and I'm um, now at this age when I came back I was very appreciative that they just let me go on and and I was very lucky and that um, even though many I had no money and I would take out my credit card cash like I would do cash advances to pay my uh, rent bill uh, my rent but my parents were still like my mom would send me uh, gift boxes with stuff to eat and like there were still ways where they were you are you need to figure you wanted to do this and I'm kind of mad because you're being completely careless with it and I had to be careless because I was just always so I gotta do what other people say right and uh, I was completely careless and um but my parents were very patient with me and it was very much we'll support you in this and and but in very quiet ways like um uh like just those care packages and and they never came to visit me which was kind of hurtful but um kind of hurt me a little bit but they still were very proud of me and saw my accomplishments and and uh I think that's really important for being older and letting that thing that you want to protect so much like just keep with you and know that they're doing what you want them to do and they won't do that but you're still gonna let them leave was that hard for your mom to know that you were you know leaving to New York and gonna be far away or was she kind of open to it no there's definitely resistance and um you know, there's always worry. And, you know, I have, you know, I have such a blue collar uh, upbringing. And, you know, my my mom is always saying, like, you know, did you work today? And it's like Sunday afternoon. Like, did you work today? Like, yeah. and she, because she's always afraid that if I'm not working, then I'm just going to be, you know, panhandling in the street or just like getting, getting raped in jail. Like, those are the only yeah. two honored. Like, I have to work nonstop every day, all day, 24 7. Like, regard, like that's you have to just keep, you know, and I'm like, well, you know, maybe I'll get like another form of income where I don't have to like slave and, you know, do this, yeah. you know, and uh, like I don't have to work all the time. No, no, no. I feel like parents are very, um, I know for my parents, they got very um, responsible jobs, I guess, where my mom works for the government. My dad works for the county. And so they have these jobs, and I, you know, eight to five and they have their social security, they have their retirement, like, they they keep telling me, oh, just take the job because it's security, like, just do it, just do it, and it's, um, because it's a job, right, because they know that if you have this job, you'll be taken care of within, you know, your um, housing and healthcare and all that kind of stuff, but what's, um, for my parents, I guess, is uh, I don't know if it's the same with yours, missing is that not being happy doing that you know what I mean like hating every second of it and so that's what I've struggled with being back here is that everyone kind of has that nine to five job where they may not like it but it gives them certain benefits and certain security and maybe that's what people are struggling also I mean 
people are struggling with that everywhere, but it's really hard as a generation, I guess, that was told to go out and do whatever you want, you know, and not right. worry about it. And then I guess the, I guess, you know, and the alternative is, you know, getting that security and then, you know, being semi to ultra miserable and then just kind of cutting <laughs> loose on the weekend, you know, right? Yeah. Going hunting or playing soccer. Or, some craft beers. Right. And then, and then resetting on Monday, you know, I, I don't know if that's even, even healthy. But I guess if that's what you want, you know, in terms of... It's not what you want, but it's also... It's also, I think it's part of that settling thing. But I think people also do that type of thing in in New York. Like, they... But people see it as something more because they're in this different city of things happening. And I feel like if, uh, if someone had a, like, a job like my parents in New York, it would be like, oh, yes they're in this big city doing it but my parents here have built roads like my mom was a premier like only woman engineer civil engineer making you know taking over projects of building roads and like my dad is uh, very much the same like I'll go down we'll drive down a road and my mom's like oh yeah I built this like this was my project like I made sure the sidewalk was okay and the whole thing and it's like you, you can do that wherever you want, and if it makes you happy, just do it. But at a certain, I guess when you get to be at that job for fifty years, uh, let's see, thirty years, yeah, it's gonna be like just tell your kid to like be like get in that job and just stay there and hope it works out. Well, I think I think most. I mean, I think the natural reaction of parents is to 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 look after their children and make sure that they're comfortable and secure and safe, right? They're not, I mean, I don't know too many responsible parents of like, hey, are you having fun? I got to make sure you're having fun. Do you have enough money for beer? No, my parents are very much, do you have any friends here? Are you going out tonight? Are you doing anything? Like, because I don't know anyone here. And so they're like, do you, because I would then just like, entertain myself here watching tv and having some wine they're like you're drinking by yourself don't you have any friends and it's like no i don't so i like g chat you know like talk online to all my friends and like try to have fun that way and also drink but they see me as drinking by myself (laughs) did your oh wait did your did your uh did your brothers ever visit you yes my older brother um, visited me twice, and uh, the first time he did, I just moved there. Like, I was living in NYU dorms on 14th Street, and there was no Trader Joe's or there was no Dunkin' Donuts, so I was, you know... 14th and not- what's the what's the question? Like, around there? Around the, like that area? Trader yeah, Joe's? Trader Joe's. Like, upstairs is um, their dorms. Oh, okay. that's where you were? Yeah, I, so I, we were, I was living there, and my brother came, and um, my older brother did, and he came and visited, and I had, like, I, at that point, I wouldn't even venture towards Urban Outfitters, you know, on, like, an 8th Avenue. Like, I had no idea. Like, I was like, if I can't take the subway there, if I don't know it, like, I'm not going to walk there, or, you know, what I, I was just so scared of everything. Um, but my brother came, and 
it was a lot of fun. And then he came a couple years later when I was in um, Brooklyn uh, at the Graham stop uh, apartment and I was just not into anything and I wouldn't go anywhere. Like I didn't want to take him anywhere. And I've always apologized for that because I feel really bad that he came to like New York and Brooklyn and all that stuff. And I didn't want to go anywhere. And I've always felt really bad about that because I, you know, when you're in a mental space where I just, I didn't, I didn't want to do anything. Like I didn't want to go out. I didn't, you know, and I know that can happen anywhere, but when he came, it was just the wrong weekend for me to take him places. And so we did end up going and kind of, it was, I wish I could have been more in the moment with him, you know, having like going to these places, like we saw live bands and, but he kind of, I was like, oh yeah, this is happening. And he would kind of drag me there. And I felt, I have apologized to him. <laughs> like after going to pianos and having some margaritas or whatever, I would apologize and say, I'm so sorry that your trip wasn't as fun as it should have been. But then um, my younger brother came, who's eight years younger. He was not 21, but I was living on uh, Lorimer and Grand. So I was across the street from um, that Canadian bar. What is that? Uh, it was on Grand. Oh, uh, the Canadian bar? Warmer. It was the Canadian bar. The um, Oh, my God. I can't remember. But so my friend James There's a I gay bar on Grand now. Is there? Yeah. It's called Love Gun. And apparently... Well, like, I like that name. Apparently, um, uh, uh, what's, uh, uh, Anderson Cooper hangs out there. Ooh, that's <laughs> um, but no, uh, um, he was 20 and took him to like a nice dinner downtown with my Asian friends. Of course. <laughs> with my friend Cindy and my friend Mimi, who, yeah, are Asian. And then, and we walked all across like the, um, Soho and the Lower East Side and then, uh, we ended up at that bar where they let him in, and he got so wasted. Like, great, like, Brooklyn night where he just was drinking a lot. And uh, and then one night, um, we saw, like, Courtney Love, like, running across the street in high heels on the cobblestone. And I was like, oh, I wish, like, I felt even worse about, even uh, about my older brother that we didn't get to do this, but... Whatever, that's what it is. Um, I still had, I think, bonding moments with both of them. And I feel like my relationships with them are, like, the most important things. So, I, I don't know about you with your brothers. Is that, um, do they come visit you? Is it something you think about a lot? Yeah, they've, they've visited um, very sparsely. I, I do get the impression, you know, there are a few jabs here and there in terms of like you know subtle like jokes but i think they're under the impression that i'm just like going bananas and having fun all the time here yeah so it's i had to struggle throughout the time that i was here so if i complain if i ever said like yeah new york fucking sucks right now well you're the you're the genius that moved there so if like, hey, things are going really well. Oh yeah, what are you doing? Like cocaine and cartwheels? 
So it was it was always this thing, and I so then I got to a point where I don't know what to do, and I just didn't do I didn't I didn't share anything. So obviously I realized that 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 wasn't a good negotiation. That's just you know that's shame on me. I I can't control how people react. Um, the important thing is to be open and honest, and if people want to react a certain way, regardless of who they are, then that's really on them. And I, 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 and I do believe that. Oh, sorry. I'm, you... I'm just saying, like, open and honest for me when I was younger was very boastful and, like, very, I'm doing this, open and honest. I'm working here. And, and now I think maybe that's younger siblings uh, or siblings are, like, well, they felt this way about it at that time where they're, I know when I first moved, I was very like, oh, I just want to go back to New York. Oh, what am I doing in this small town visiting? And like total asshole move. And and uh, I, I know my brothers probably picked up on that, of course. And so um, I get why like my brother, um, some of my brothers or or family is like, why'd you move back? Well, it's like I'm not that. 22 year old the asshole who thinks I can do or thinks that like New York is the greatest like New York is great but it's not what I want and and I think it's hard for some people to know that but um I don't know it's it's great though uh my little brother he always is like you've told me that I've had to get out of city uh, out of tri-cities and i and it's hard for me to have him, like, the thought of him going to New York right now is like, oh, no, no, that's my baby. Like, I, oh, that's Does my he want to come to New York? He, he's, he wanted, yeah, he's very, I, I feel like he's a lot like me where he wants to go out and do stuff, but he doesn't quite, he didn't finish college. Like, he just wants to do it without doing the steps to do it, if that makes sense. Like, oh. he just wants you know, would he like, would he be would he just want to come out and like check it out for like a week or so or no seems... like he just wants to go and have a career there and do it like uh, he didn't finish college like I, I kept telling him you gotta do the steps like finish college get that shit done and then you can do what you want and then and he wanted to do what he wanted right then and it just wasn't happening like he just couldn't do it and so he kind of learn that he you know you do have to he does it it sucks but um he needs to apply himself maybe in school and figure that out and then he can go off and do what he wants what does he want to do he wanted to be a screenwriter and like do movie stuff but uh i i feel like with Either he had to have a script, uh, like, I, I don't actually know that world, but I feel like for him, I'm taking from my own personal experience was that um, for me to leave here was to do, finish school and then go to a program that was applicable to what I wanted to do. So I was there, but I also had the net of being in school and having a place to go every day and like... Um, uh, a house and stuff like like you know you like you're just not I wasn't just there like flailing I had stuff that I wanted to do in a direction I wanted to finish this certificate and and had projects to do and I I I, I personally for me and I think also for uh, my little brother was that he needs that goal to see 
and that's what I needed. And I think he wanted to skip it <laughs> and just go on and do it because he saw me doing it and he didn't realize like all those steps and right. And also, he's his own person. He didn't want to be at school. He wasn't having a good time. Like it wasn't for him at that point. And and, and he's working out and he's gonna go back to school. And I I also feel like that's everyone's own thing. Like whether you, you know, finish high school at 26, but, or like go to college, you know, finish college way later or whatever. Who finishes, who finishes high school at 26? Oh, get your GED at 26. Like, that's what I meant. But no, actually, I went to high school with a guy who was like, like 20. Oh God. Yeah, he was just like he kept failing, and he was just hanging out. But so that, I, I thought maybe you had a similar situation. Oh no, I wish. Well, Not if your if your brother if your brother ever wants to come and like check out, he can he's he can he can he can hang with me. Well, he doesn't have to hang with me. He can he can he, he can be- crash at my place, and he can do whatever he wants with cooler people. <laughs> I'll I'll tell him that. He doesn't know anyone there, but I'll let him know. <laughs> he knows my friends, and that's about all. Well, he knows all the he, so he knows the like the those the, those, Asian, the Asian 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 drinkers. Asian mafia. Just kidding. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. So, so, um, what 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 I mean? What kind of uh, what kind of insight would you give uh, somebody? Um, in your similar situation right now, in your situation back then, but right now? Um, uh, I'll, I'll, just, go for, I'll go first. I would say to somebody of, of you know, in, in my situation, um, who, of my situation then, but, but right now, 2014, I would just say, I pinch them in the neck and say, calm the fuck down. So you're stressing out, or you're you're having anxiety, or, or even you think you're hot shit. None of that shit. It doesn't matter. None of it matters. And that's you see it as a bad thing, but it's actually a good thing. It, it's not about you. But so, that's such a hard question, right? What would you say to yourself at that age? Because it's so cliche to say, but like... I had to be a total asshole. I had to spend money where I wasn't supposed to. I had to, like, go to different places with strangers and, like, do all these. And I was very lucky that nothing, for the, like, most part, I was never, you know, uh, taking advantage of, or, or, no, maybe I was, but I did a lot of stupid shit where I got away with it. And, um, uh, uh, I still wouldn't take those away because now I realize, oh my God, I'm so lucky. I'm never going to put myself in that situation ever again because I know what could happen. Um, but I, I think it's hard to tell yourself things because I, I would love to sell, uh, tell myself not to be um, so boastful or like totally like disregard your family when you just move like thinking you're cool hot shit in New York but it's like um, I I had to go through that to feel my humility now in the sense that 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 place isn't that I mean it's great but it's not it's it's still a job that you go to at eight to five pay your rent pay your bills and and that kind of thing like. Uh, it gives you 
all that shit you did when you were young gives you a lot of perspective. But I guess that's the best thing, although, is to tell yourself not to be so hard on yourself, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, that's that's some... I mean, I don't know if I would leave even listen. I don't know if I would even listen to myself, but that that is the that's the biggest lesson I've learned is um, to to yeah to not beat myself up and to appreciate and, other people. Yeah, and and definitely not um, compare yourself to anyone. I, I think that's the most important thing. Um, it's really hard when you, you think someone is living up to this some standard, and and you think oh they have it all together. To go back to what we were saying, and I, I had made, you know, casual friends with people, and then I became their really good friends, like best friend, and it was like, no, they don't have everything together. No one has it together, especially in New York. There's shit going on. There's a lot of variables. Um, I don't know. I just, I, I think that's the most important is not, don't, do not think anyone has it together anywhere because they don't. They really don't. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that like we were like you know kind of circling back to what we were saying before. I, I think v- vulnerability and um, you know just kind of exposing yourself is kind of a daunting thing, and it's it's not something that people typically want to do. You know, yeah. if, you know, I'm I'm feeling weak. I'm feeling insecure. I'm scared. Oh, get but away they, from me. They- but the thing is, they may not know that. Like, I thought, oh, yeah, I have it together. I'm living in this apartment. I can pay my bills. I'm working not you know, I was working at Condé Nast. It's like, oh, yeah, I have it totally together. And it's like, no, I was a mess. Like, I look at it back now, and it was like, no, I, I didn't have it together. And it, it, it wasn't, it was a great uh, life experience. And I love uh, the people I met there, but, like, um, you just really never have it together, and and if you do, God bless you. <laughs> like it's good for you, but it's really hard to do that. It's hard to find. You know, and I think we we just want to speed up that process, right? We all, I mean, we're a culture of shortcuts. You know, we don't. Right. We just we want to get from A to Z so quickly. You know, we just yeah. We want we see That's what we bad. want, and we want it right now. That's and and that that just that that goes beyond like. Uh, professional desires to emotional desires. Like I have a friend who, you know, was in a relationship with somebody for, for eight years and she cheated on him. And I, you know, and I know them both and, you know, and I, and so when they, you know, they broke up and it's weird now to see their parallel lives on, on like Facebook. And now she's dating somebody else. And like he, and he was kind of in the, like the emotional gutter and you know, and I gave them their space. They they weren't like my my best best friends, but you know, he was definitely in my orbit. And then recently, he said, "Hey, you know what? I'm I'm feeling great now. I'm feel you know I'm just you know I just I feel great. You know I just you know I was in the dumps for a while and I feel great. And they so they broke up about I think three yeah about three months ago. He's like you know I feel great. You know I don't even care about what's going on with her life. I'm like no you're not. I mean no, that's yeah. great." That you know, great. Put that out there in the world, but just I want you to be. I ch- I encourage you. I challenge you to be honest with yourself. As somebody who's been there, you're not okay, and you need to acknowledge that. You know, don't. You can't tell that person that. Like, you can't be the like, no, you're not. Like, I feel like also it's their process to go through, and as much 
advice you can give them or tell them, oh, yeah, here, this is when you're going to feel that. Like, I had someone who would be, oh, well, you're not, you know, this age yet. You don't understand or you don't have this so you don't. And it's it's like you can't tell that person or like, oh, yeah, you're going through that at this point. Like, you can only just be like, okay, okay, um, sure, just give me a call (laughs) whenever you don't or whenever you're having issues, like, I'm glad you're feeling better, but you, but I don't know. I just feel like even if you've been there, you can't tell someone how to feel about it when okay. they are well, there. Okay. Even well, if they feel exactly the same as you had, like, I don't right. want someone to be like, but what if you see somebody who's taking like, you know, shots, like constant, like shots of tequila, boom, six, seven, eight. You're like, you know what? Uh, if you're thinking about doing 14, that's not a good idea. Oh, fuck you, well, man. I, I, I'm, I'm awesome. I can do this. Like, I feel good. There's no problem. I'm um, just letting you know. You're going you're gonna to feel great, you know, one through eight. After that, it's gonna, you're not going to feel so good. Ah, fuck you. I'm Superman. I can do this. I you mean, I what? feel like... Sometimes... I'm, go ahead. Sorry. Have over... you know maybe i i don't think you should do like don't do that like that's not gonna be you but that person still has to learn their own lesson and go through it themselves like oh i should not have done i mean that's completely irresponsible though don't ever let anyone do 15 shots in a row (laughs) but like uh just like you gotta let people just do their own fuck-ups too and be like well, I'm here when, you know, uh, when you need me or when when you do those 15 shots and you get your stomach pumped and I told you not to, but that doesn't matter because I'm still your friend and let's hang out, you know, I don't know. I, well, I'm, I'm coming from the perspective of, uh, yeah, I guess. Doing that? Huh? <laughs> What'd you say? Doing that? Yeah, yeah, actually, actually doing, actually doing those shots, but but uh, from from my own personal experience and, and knowing their situation and just kind of I guess I'm responding to, you know he he just wants to fast forward through the pain of like oh uh, you know I was horrible before and I was shitty but you know what I'm fine it's great watch me do this cartwheel. Really has to go through that. Like, don't you feel like he needs to go through being like a total shit to yourself, like not treating yourself very well and realizing oh man I was pretty low and now I'm going to do steps to not like that and like, right i agree so, you can do that right. in fact you can you can continue to you can be a complete jackass but just I, I what i was trying to what i was trying to communicate is just be aware that you're oh, not okay. you're not there you know we always want to do we always want to make you know wave a magic wand of i'm sick oh i'm better da, 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 you know and and not Even not if you tell someone like that they're not going to listen they have to figure out for themselves so what are you I, supposed I mean, to do just like hey all right good luck like, you can't say, like, oh, I've been through that. Or I know what that's like. You should stop and just feel this way. And da, da, da. It's like, no, let them feel like, oh, I thought I was there, but I was not. Let's work on, like, not take a million shots and actually work through it or whatever. Or maybe they were actually okay. Some people may have been in these relationships where it was dead for a few years, and then they're literally fine then. Like, they are fine. But I don't know. I've, I've never had a 
about an eight-year relationship? <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know. It's pretty intense, right? I mean, I I hear what you're saying. You know, but, no, I had a, But the flip side is... Oh, I had a... Oh, keep going. I hear what you're saying, and but my but the flip side is, what? I, I think we you know we we, sh- we we need to just kind of pause and just kind of examine like, hey, you know what? Uh, I'm not okay. I'm I'm still going through this but thing, but but I'm gonna have a fucking good time. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna get drunk or I'm gonna shit in the woods or I'm just gonna you know um, you know smoke crack with random black people or whatever. And I'm going to do these things, but I'm going to be aware that, hey, I'm still working through stuff. And I think if you do it that way, it's definitely... amazing then, because I feel like you really, like for me, I've had a lot of low points, but I didn't realize they were my low point until I had perspective on it. Like, sure, I was the next day like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. Like, oh, I know I'm not feeling good, like, I didn't do the right thing, but whatever, you know, like, I'm still fine. It wasn't until, you know, a year later or so, I was like, man, I was pretty fucked up then, and I shouldn't, maybe that wasn't the best thing for me to do, but I did it, and now I'm here, and I know that wasn't the thing to do, but I, it was part of the whole getting over whatever, or, like, going through your shit. The only thing is, do you hope that um, you don't get stuck in that, and I think that's really important. And you don't get stuck in that fifteen shots every night of tequila. <laughs> like that's the hard part is not staying there. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was at a point um, where I was I was drinking whiskey to go to bed, and then I was drinking coffee to to wake up because, or actually, I was just getting up in the middle of the night because alcohol it kind of dehydrates you, and. I didn't think it was. I didn't think it was a problem. I would just could be, you know, at my computer, just kind of drinking, like, um, you know, Jim Beam because it was cheap. And then I remember I bought a bottle on like a Monday, and then like on like Tuesday night it was like almost empty. And I was thinking like, yeah. I was like Jesus, like did, clearly somebody broke into my bedroom and, and drank <laughs> this because I couldn't have done this. So then yeah, and I just wasn't. Yeah, so yeah, I mean, I just, it was just a, it was a situation where I just needed to wake up, but, um, yeah, I didn't, I didn't know what I was doing while I was doing it, though. Exactly, so, like, people, like, that guy who's like, I'm fine, and I'm doing these shots, like, he doesn't know, he thinks he's fine while doing it, but he isn't, but he has to realize that for himself, and as much as you want to tell them, like, I've had people, when I was had issues or whatever tell me like you're doing this like just don't do that and fix and and you should do this and blah blah it's like oh fuck off (laughs) I can do whatever I want you know and and I think it's something either you're gonna figure it out yourself or you know maybe you do need someone else to tell you what you're doing and and hopefully that you recognize it like that that's a huge thing is finding that self um uh, uh, self-realization that oh god I should not be doing this and I know it and and maybe you keep doing it and even though you know it you need someone else to tell you to fucking stop it or you try to stop it yourself yeah yeah or or maybe or maybe Jesus comes down and spits in your <laughs> face Jesus takes the wheel yeah oh before we um before we uh, uh before we um run out of time uh let t- t- Talk to me about interviewing Jenny McCarthy on a mattress. Oh, God. 
that, you know, I got all these, like, assi- I was an intern, but I got all these assignments. So it was like, inter- interview Jenny McCarthy or Carmen Electra. It was like all these, like, dude magnet women. And I was just like, I, I what? Um, and I didn't really know what to ask them. And I remember she was just starting to date. This is how old it was. Was she? The rumor was that she was dating uh, Jim Carrey. Oh right, right. And and uh, on that bed, like it was just like I was supposed to ask that. I was supposed to ask that one. What the fuck am I doing on a bed? Where was the bed? It, it they were just all over the floor. But where? Like in a warehouse. In a club, like that club in meatpacking, it was okay. called bed, and there were just beds everywhere. But um, and so I was supposed to like, ask her all these questions because she had a, also a book coming out, and I was just like, I, what? This is so awkward. Like I can't do this. Like I can't ask you any invasive questions, and that's kind of when I realized I could never do that. That kind of editorial side of being very um, intrusive in, so, in some like I don't know if I was just a, a celebrity I want someone asking me about all this stuff that maybe I don't have an answer for I don't I wait just a minute don't... wait 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 so were you laying on the matches with her like shoulder yes, to shoulder her. we were like laying on her like on our hips we we're like oh hey girl like was she into was, it like, she was very nice like she entertained us <laughs> like she was she was not like I guess she knew someone that was at Us Weekly or something. I, I don't know. It was not to where like she felt like it was so much of an interview, but it I had no idea what the fuck I was doing. So I just was talking to her and getting drunk and I don't know. It it was super weird. Now that I think about it, it's like what? Did you did you interview That's... Carmen on a mattress too? No, Carmen Lecture was um, a uh, press line, but no, there was okay. So this is the one time I felt like a total idiot. Uh, the only time, right? Yeah, yeah, just that one time. <laughs> just one time. Um, was I? I went to something where it was like Mar- Maria Sharapova, and supposedly she was dating Andy, Ro- Andy, Ro- like the other tennis guy, mm-hmm. and yeah. everyone, all these veteran like pit journal like gossip rags or whatever behind me like oh you have to ask her you have to ask her if she's dating him and and uh they're like oh it'll get you a job like a real job at us weekly like it was very strange and i just couldn't i didn't ask him but i i was at that party and then i left and the dj was outside and i kept asking him questions and it was mark ronson and i had no idea who he was other than he was one time, like, I just remember, like, Tommy Hilfiger and, like, Rashida Jones, and that's it from, like, watching fashion shows, but I didn't realize it was him, and I was like, oh, so what's, what, what should I do in New York? You know any clubs? Like, oh, who should I call, or, like, where should I go? And, of course, this guy is, like, some club guy. I felt like afterwards when I, like, a couple of years later, I realized who it was, and I was like, oh, my God, I was such a newbie, like, such an asshole. Like, I had no idea what was going on. It's like, it's like asking Buzz Aldrin, like, so what's space like? Yeah. <laughs> like, what's going on? And but that's the great thing about it is, I'm sure he loved it because it was someone not treating 
I don't know if she, he literally told me his life story, like everything about his dad and like Rolling Stone and all this stuff. And um, he was very nice. And it, I think it was, he was nice because I had no idea who the fuck he was. <laughs> if you want to know these people that probably get, you know, their ass kissed all the time. Then, oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It, it was it, it was it was a lot of that in New York where I was like, I don't know who the fuck this is, and someone just came up to me and it was like, Oh, what'd you say to him? And I was like, I, I who cares? Like, I got to that point where I was just like, Good for that. That's cool. Like, I did um, fangirl a few times, but for the most part, it was just like, um, I don't know. Like, these people have these lives but they're also celebrities i don't know i don't know for you did you meet a lot of celebrities in new york well the only uh <laughs> i remember uh i was uh i was um i was catering and hugh grant was there and uh i was i was at a point where i just i didn't give a fuck and uh and he probably he maybe he could tell this was like this was post um um the uh, transvestite. Yeah, Destiny, Destiny Brown or whatever her name was. Destiny. So he he probably didn't give a fuck either. So he was just like, um, hey, do you have any weed? So I was just like, he, yeah, he singled me out. Because, like, well, I had left my station and I was just kind of, at this point, just kind of looking busy or whatever. He's like, hey, you have some weed? I went, um, yeah. And he goes like, okay, well, let, let's, be like, all right, well, you know, let's go. I went, all right. So uh, we go out to, like, this, like, alleyway. I figured, like, what am I going to do? Get in trouble? I truly didn't care if I was going to get fired, but I figured, like, if I'm, I can't get fired if I'm with him. If I'm going to smoke weed on the job, I'll do it with Hugh Grant. So. Exactly. So I'm smoking weed with him. And, like, you know, different people react differently. Some people are – he's very talkative. And I think he was already drunk. So he's just – and I'm just, like – I was already mad. And I was a little drunk because I was drinking on the job. So I was just, I, I wasn't, he was just like pontificating about quasars and stuff. And I was like, I want to get the fuck out of here. I don't give a fuck about anything. So then he's smoking, smoking, and he's doing like long drags. And then he, he's like just doing these, just doing this monologue. And he just gives, he gives the, he gives the roach back to me. He goes, hey man, this is, I, this is kind of shit, Wade. This is kind of, it's very shit. I'm just like, just look at him. I'm like, dude, go fuck yourself, man. You, you, you approached me, a stranger, and asked me, so you can, you can go fuck yourself. The whole thing is that like people are assholes sometimes. It doesn't matter how much money or what movies they're in or whatever. I mean, he he went up to a stranger and asked for weed. That's kind of awesome, but. Obviously, he asked for people on the street for a lot of things. Yeah, yeah, he, like yeah, and I think he was already drunk. What What's your perception of fashion now? Is it has it changed? Is it uh... fashion? Yeah. Oh, I. That is such a fucking bullshit thing that it's sad that so many people kind of have feel pressure to do those kind of things and that's the one thing actually my friend and I bonded about now he's like writing for Vogue and doing all this stuff and he's kind of a it's he's a natural at it really he like just remembers faces and he he's just it's a weird thing to be and he doesn't like it too because he's like why is this so easy you know for me this isn't like very deep this was this isn't you know what I feel like I should be 
contributing to the world. But um, I, I feel like it's uh, fashion is, um, God, don't take yourself so seriously. Like, it is serious in the sense that there are, there's this craft to it. And, and I remember when I um, saw the Alexander McQueen um, thing at the Met. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and that is, like, amazing. It, it is, he, that was an art. Like, it was, and that is true, but, like, so many people, like, buy into that, where, like, I have to feel like uh, I have to obtain something, and um, I, I, I just feel like it's all kind of bullshit, and um, do what you want, and appreciate this art, these people are making which is handcrafted and in this uh imagination and and all this stuff and enjoy it like be amazed by it enjoy it love it and and but don't like feel like you need to be um uh I, I, that's the thing with new york it was really weird like people really bought into that and when i moved to new york i really thought like oh, it's a place where people don't buy into that kind of stuff. But then when I moved there, it was like everyone had to have this certain shoe or, like, a certain bag or, you know, like having, um, I don't care about anything, but I have, you know, a $100 Alexander Wang T-shirt. And, and that that was the whole thing. It was this fashion of not caring but also spending so much money on fashion, which, you know, good for you, I guess. Like, if you that's your thing, do it. But... It's also, if, if you're just doing it because you feel like you have to keep up with something, it's not very sincere. And and I think that's the one thing I see in my friend is he's, when I think of fashion, I think of him. And, and he's so sincere about it. And he doesn't, like, go into the bullshit of it all and, and the egos. And, like, I told him, I was like, I would love to hang out with you more, but you go to these things where these people have these egos and they think they have to start like act a certain way and like kind of do this stuff and and um he was like yeah I know I'm pretty sick of it and he's looking to do something else that's more fulfilling even though this job could be very monetary like he could go into something that could uh monetary like give him a lot of maybe like be very successful for uh, monetary wise but he wants to do something more impactful in the sense that he can speak out to people like people his that need help or like need influence and it's as much as fashion i'm sorry i'm like going on and that fashion is great because it does let people express themselves but when it comes to a point where you think you have to dress a certain way because it's fashion then that's where it's like you're just being a follower and you need to figure stuff out for yourself and um uh fashion is um I don't it's very strange and it's very superficial but it's also very personal do you feel like yeah well it's weird like I, I think like something somebody like you know Alexander McQueen who um I, I mean I even you know with my layman eyes can can attest like I see that like that's a visionary that's an artist but fashion um I think generally by definition it's you know you work so hard and you put so much effort and it's so stressful and it doesn't last you know you make this beautiful dress and then come springtime it's in the back of the closet yeah, that's what's so crazy is that it's like 
oh, uh, this is like right now, what would it be like uh, spring 2015 or like fall 2015? And it's like, you're making all this stuff and, and um, it's, well, now I feel like it's not so much handcraft, unless you see the couture, like, kind of stuff. But now I feel like it's just all um, kind of a show, and then the actual product is not uh, actual quality, I guess. Like, um, I know I've read a lot of, or, know, like, Alexander Wayne, like, people are like, oh, yeah, the shirt just, like, fell apart, but... Or like his stuff is shit, or all that kind of stuff, and and so I feel like now it's just people thinking, oh, I can obtain that, and it's they save up for it, and then it's kind of a shit quality, and that sucks. Like it just sucks. Like you want to when you're buying something that you see now, like on a huge scale, you wanted it to be good quality, especially when you're paying for so much. And I know some people just want to look cool, but for me, it's like, no, I actually want to use this and it better not fucking break because I spent like $300 on right. it or whatever. Like, for I think people kind of just want to look a certain way and it doesn't matter if it's the product is good or not. And that's just what it is. I, I don't know. I just... At this point, I don't know. I got to a certain age where it's just I don't give a shit about fashion. <laughs> and I think want? that's that because then you transcend. You have st- and then fashion becomes style, right? I mean, I think p- yeah. that's. I think th- people always look to people who have their own brand and their own style, and you know that's. But the whole thing is, I am a de- uh, like kind of a judgmental bitch when <laughs> when people are wearing like real. I, I feel bad, but like if I see. You know, someone in like a guy in light washed jeans and like like a a college t shirt and whatever. I'm like, oh come on, get yourself together and like get some style or you know whatever. But I can't, you can't do that. Like that's their life. That's what they're wearing, and they don't know anything else. And and so just whatever. And and I don't know. It's, do you, do you miss the skinny black jeans? Sometimes I was just like, isn't that uncomfortable? Your balls up in that? Yeah. Isn't that so tight? You know like, what is a big thing for me is I'll see a guy with like a pretty nice suit and they'll they'll make the pants into high waters. That's a, a certain designer. I forgot his name, but he does like that's that's his suits. Are there like uh, ankle and above? Yeah, and then the yeah, guy, and then you like, wear you wear the suit and you don't wear socks. Yeah. So I'm like, what about like toe funk or you know? And that, no, but it defeats the getting dressed up and then not wearing socks. <laughs> or like, yeah, I, I don't know. I, that to me is just that. Yeah, it's like super. I mean, aside from looking dorky, that just looks uncomfortable. Well, I feel like it's completely different for men and women because, like, for here where I am, it doesn't matter if you follow, you know, if a guy follows trends. But I feel like in New York, you had to at least um, not dress a certain way, at least be aware and, like, the guys would kind of, um, I don't know, they, they I, I felt like with some guys I would see or, or talk to, like, they felt like they needed to look a certain way. Right. Well, it's all about our society, how we like to compartmentalize us, right? We want to identify with groups, you know, whether it's... Right. Uh, whether it's a sports team, whether it's a, a certain brand of clothing or a city, you know, we want to identify and and say, hey, I'm with 
I'm with these guys, you know, you, whatever your opinion of them. Yeah. That's me too. And it's tribalistic. Yeah. Well, I feel, I I feel like a hypocrite because I'm like, Oh, that guy doesn't care. But then I want a guy who doesn't care, but looks stylish. and so good. But you know, it's like that whole thing where, um, you can't be such a judgmental asshole and just like, get to know the person, <laughs> you know, and maybe... Oh, sure you can. Yeah, yeah I know. I'm that too much, but whatever. <laughs> I'm working on it. Um, well, uh, uh, we, we have run out of time. I could talk to you for three more hours. Um, <laughs> uh, I will say, I, I want to uh, share this with my audience, that... Um, so I, I bombard uh, Stephanie with a lot of uh, stupid-ass texts of, like, photos and things like that. I'll just, like, five in a row, just, like, kill her. And then she'll just give me a zinger. And I just, like, throw my hands up. I'm like, she killed it. She nailed it. Like, I'm quantity. She's quality. She just sends me one. And I'm just, like, I throw my phone down. I'm like, oh, my God. That's, uh, that's so awesome. She... I, I want to say this on public record. You you crack me up. You're 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 one of the funniest people I know. And and you're obviously you know, as we've determined in the past two hours, you're one of the more sensitive and insightful people. And that's why I've always admired you and respected you. And um, you know, I, I I'm glad we've remained friends. You know, through the challenges of location. And I I want to also say that you know, that you know I I. I I admire you and respect you and I truly love you and I'm glad yeah. that you're in I'm glad you're in my orbit. Can I just say that it's um so I have like a handful of friends where like we didn't talk for like four years, right? Like probably four years like we had lost touch after doing the temping stuff and then I saw you that night and it was like no time had passed. And I think that's like a great thing. And and I feel like that's a testament to um being friends and a person that and just clicking and stuff like I wouldn't open up like this with you know a lot of people but I know when I met I feel like there is like a intrinsic thing where you're just like oh I like that person and I will talk to them no matter if I haven't in like five years or whatever and that's a great thing so I really appreciate um you actually wanting to uh do this podcast and stuff so this is one of my favorite ones. Thank you for uh, thank you for coming on, and uh, I hope I hope you had fun. I had fun. I had a blast, and um, there's so much stuff that we didn't even get into. Is you know, that I hope uh, you know, I hope you had enough fun that you'll come again. Um, you know, as a as a as a part two, the the valiant you know re- return. But where I have to ask. So where, where'd you get that? Where'd you get that nickname? Oh my god. Okay, so. Um... Um, I lived in Harlem for a month and a half, and of course, white girl with blonde hair. I, I was on 136th, and I had my roommate had a dog that was like this white Bichon dog. I don't know, it was like you know poodle dog or whatever. And I'm walking around, and I was like, "Hey, Snowflake!" Ah. So everyone called me Snowflake, which is now I know you know that's a term for white girls, and and um. And then I was, my, the same roommate was working, she actually was, she was working at Baby Fat, and she was Kamora Lee Simmons' assistant assistant, and she was introducing me to her coworkers, and Stephanie turned it into Destiny, and I was like, it's nice to meet you, and like, I just like went with it, and, 
And I was telling my friend Sujin, who is Asian, and so was my friend at Baby Fat, sorry. And, and uh, she was like, oh, you're Destiny Snowflake. And um, so I just went with it. I was like, oh, I can do this as an alias, and I don't have to worry about people, like, looking me up on Facebook or, like, being anonymous and all that kind of stuff. So I just stuck with it. Did your friends like her? What were her, their thoughts on, on her? Destiny? No, uh, Kimora. <laughs> Uh, I don't, I, you know, I, it was a hectic job. I, I'm not really too sure. We're not friends anymore. So I, I don't know. That was a weird relationship. So I'm not just even yeah. going to. I did a, I did a print ad with her and she's a fucking bitch. Yeah. She, you know, I, I, she had a lot of demands. I mean, this assistant assistant was sitting on a couch with a laptop on her and she was like doing all this stuff that was not her job description. And, and yeah, it's, uh, uh, God bless her for being Kamara Lee Simmons assistant assistant. Wow. <laughs> yeah. It was interesting. Uh, well, there you have it. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, the definitive, uh, podcasts with Destiny, Snowflake, Fairchild, Wonder Woman. Uh, if you're curious about her musings, you can uh, um, check her out on Facebook. And if you're kind to her, maybe she'll respond. What you say? On Facebook, my alias on Facebook. No one can find me. Well, yeah, that's what. Well, now they can. Now, 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 now you've been exposed. You're like. You're like um, you're like the superhero who reveals you know his mask at the end of the movie. Right. Um, always hilarious, always funny. Um, again, thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, you're amazing. You're beautiful. You're awesome. Uh, I'm so blessed to have you as a friend. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for even asking me. It's been fun. Good. Good. Thanks. So everybody listening, uh, thank you. Um, remember to check out uh, BeagleFreedomProject.org. Uh, follow me at Twitter at BeagleFreedom. Um, that's it, folks. Go out and do good in the world. Peace. <laughs>